Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and thank, thank you for rejoining me <laughs> for conversations that support for targeted individuals. Uh, today is March the 15th, 2015, and I am your host, Renata. The reason why I said thank you for rejoining us is because we were uh, we were going good for like over an hour um, today. Um, but people were um, complaining that they were not able to call in to the call. They were just able to get onto their computer, so they had a comment to make or whatever. They wanted to interact with the rest of us on the phone. They couldn't do that, and I'm not sure why, because I never had that happen before, but Talkshu gave a message that the call was locked. So I don't know what that means or why that happened. So we... we um, Ended that call, and I just started up a new one. So hopefully everyone will come back to join us. Um, so this recording will be in two parts, actually. So you should be able to find two, uh, part one and part two for the same day. So we're just going to move on. Um, hopefully everybody comes back. Um, and we're going to continue on with what uh, the book that we have been reading from the last couple of weeks, which is The Hidden Evil, The uh, Financial Elite's Covert War Against the Civilian Population. The author is Mark uh, M. Rich. So just a recap. Um, So as I said, we continue through this book. It talked about how the financial elite, who the, um, the author says is made up of wealthy people who operate behind the scenes and who have been come to know has come to be known as the Illuminati or the elite or the shadow government or you know the people behind the veil. I mean, there's a million ways people describe these people. Um, and so the book talked about them being the financial elite, the trilateral um, commission, who the author says controls the banking industry, the uh, politicians in the whole world of politics. Um, he says that they control the intelligence agencies, so your FBI, your CIA, all of those people. Um, he says they control your religious organizations. He says they control the Pope, the Queen, uh, the education system, and just about all facets of society, this author says, are under these people who have the money, the real money, not millionaires, but the real money. Um, He says that they control all of these things and then some. And he says that they um, they disguise their intentions behind um, humanitarian groups or groups that pose to do good for the world. And some of them do do good for the world, but according to him, he says that Uh, some of these agencies who you think are there to do good, such as FEMA and some of the other agencies, that they also 
have not so good intentions as well. Okay, so they that's have strings what we're attached. Excuse me? They have strings attached. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. strings attached. Um, and then we skipped around the book a little bit, and it talked about how this same group of people, these people with the money, um, who control the world, according to him, how the same group fund programs such as the program that is personally targeting you and I, this targeting individual program, and how government entities from the federal level on down, federal being, you know, people in D.C. on down, uh, participate in targeting and harassing innocent citizens such as you and I. So basically, according to him, he's saying that they are really um, the people behind all of this, behind the targeting, behind, you know, the people who have who lost their homes a couple of years ago. If you guys remember, um, a lot of people were losing their homes because of the banks, you know, and behind um, these um, um, these epidemics that are killing people like this Ebola and uh, you just about anything you could think of, uh, some of these tragedies that have happened where the uh, airplanes just disappeared out of the sky like, what, three or four times last year? He's saying that they're just behind just about everything you can think of. They're behind it. The genetically modified food that's killing everybody, I mean, you name it. This author says that these people have their hands in it somewhere, Okay. So that's what we've been talking about, and I'm actually um, learning from it, and I'm finding it quite inter- interesting, and I personally am um, finding that some of it appears to me to be ringing true just based on some of my own experiences of being targeted and um, some of the things that I have uh, seen and read, you know, on the Internet or in the news. So I'm personally um, kind of agreeing with his viewpoint so far. Not that everybody has to, but I'm speaking for myself. I And this is my second time, second or maybe even third time reading this book, because the first times that I read it, I, I don't think I was really that into it, just because I don't like politics, and I just I just didn't find an interest in it. But this time, it, it's more interesting for me. Hang on, I'm unmuting people. Okay, if you guys can just hang on a second for those who I just unmuted. Just hang on a second. Let me get through this, and then we can talk. What book are you talking about? This is called The Hidden Evil, and it's uh, Mark Rich, R-I-C-H. You can find a uh, PDF, a free PDF online if they're still out there. I know a couple of years ago there were some free PDFs of this book out um, online. I think if you if you Google it, you should be able to find it. All righty. So I just gave you a recap of the last couple of weeks. So now we're going to move on to another group that this Arthur says um, has control of what's going on in our world today. And they're called the Council on Foreign Relations, which many of you probably know all about this, but I do not. So bear with me. Okay. Congressman James E. Jeffries wrote, if the establishment is elusive in its identity, it certainly has a perceptible face in the Council on Foreign Relations. 
Like its counterpart, the Trilateral Commission, the CFR, or the Council on Foreign Relations, is composed of Wall Street investors, international bankers, foundation executives, members of think tanks, and tax-exempt foundations, ambassadors, past and present presidents, secretaries of state, lobbyist lawyers, media owners, university presidents, and professors, federal and Supreme Court judges, and members of military leaders from NATO and the Pentagon. It was formally established in New York on July 29, 1921, and as a counterpart to a British group called the Royal Institute of International Affairs, or RIIA, the CFR and RIIA were originally intended to be affiliates but became independent bodies, although they have always maintained close informal ties, wrote James Perloff in his well-documented book, The Shadows of Power. In meeting, uh, its meetings are not open to the public, and membership is by invitation only. Someone put your um, phone on mute, please. Like the Trilateral Commission, its membership list is uh, list is publicly available. The CFR puts out a publication known as Foreign Affairs, which has been called the most influential periodical in print by Time Magazine. They are located at the Harold Pratt House, 58, uh, 58 East 68th Street in New York City. It was originally dominated by J.P. Morgan interest and began to gain momentum around 1927 when funding the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundation. The founding president was John W. Davis, millionaire and personal attorney for J.P. Morgan. Some other, some other early founding CFR members include Henry Davison, Thomas Thatcher, Harold Swift, W. Avril Harriman, John Foster Dulles, Alan Dulles, Thomas Lamont, Paul Carraff, Federal Reserve Architect Paul Warburg, Mortimer Smith, Jacob's son, uh, Morgan partner Russell Levingwell, and Morgan and other Morgan uh, Morgan partners. Jim Mars wrote in his book, Rule by Secretary, that funding for the CFR came from bankers and financiers such as Morgan John D. Rockefeller, Bernard Barash, Jacob Schiff, Odo Kahn, and Paul Warburg. Today, funding for the CFR comes from major corporations such as Xerox, General Motors, Bristol-Myers, uh, Texaco, and others, as well as German Marshall Fund, McKnight Foundation, Dillon Fund, Ford Foundation, Andrew Mellon Foundation, Rockefeller Brothers Fund, Star Foundation, and the Pew Charitable, Charitable Trust. The CFR created junior chapters in most major cities called Committees on Foreign Relations. These junior chapters hold periodic dinner uh, meetings. Now, I just want to go back because they mentioned some uh, companies that I'm sure is probably familiar to a few people, uh, to, to most of us, I should say. And that would be 
Well, J.P. Morgan, I'm sure you guys have heard J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, but also Xerox. I mean, they, they do the Xerox machines. They do the Xerox paper. They You know, Xerox. Everybody knows Xerox. Xerox has a huge um, office over in San Francisco as well. General Motors, we know that they make cars. Um, Texaco, we know that's gas. So what I'm trying to say is that although we may ne- may have not heard of the for, uh, Council on Foreign Relations, they do business with these everyday companies. So I know that there are people, I'm not one of those people, but I have um, talked to people who really do their research on the companies that they patronize because some people choose not to do business with these people who are, as they would say, in debt with these other people. So. It might be worth it to just research to see who's behind all this stuff. Many researchers on this subject agree that there is an inner and outer core of the CFR and its interlocking think tanks. Members of the outer ring are just window dressing or camouflage and are not aware of the motivating factors of the inner core. The inner core appears to be members of the Sterling and Advisory Committees. Similar to the TC objective, those of the CFR seem humanitarian on the surface, describing this facet in his, facet in his book, Who's Who of the Elite, Robert Galen Ross explains, let's start with the smoke and mirrors furnished by the CFR in several of their annual reports. Quoting a CFR annual report from 1993 to 94, he said, the Council on Foreign Relations is a nonprofit and nonpartisan membership organization dedicated to improving the understanding of U.S. foreign policy and international affairs through the exchange of ideas. However, he states, if you are doing something illegal, immoral, unethical, unpopular, or unconstitutional, you will do whatever is necessary to see that it is kept secret. And they do all of the above. I don't know about this particular group, but most of these people we deal with do all of the above, immoral, unethical, unpopular, and unconstitutional. uh, Professor Sutton described the CFR as superficially an innocent forum for academics, businessmen, and politicians which contained within its shell, perhaps unknown to many of its members, a power center center that unilaterally determines U.S. foreign policy. He states that their true subversive objective is the acquisition of markets and economic power. For a small group of giant multinationals under the virtual control of a few banking investment houses and controlling families, Former FBI agent Dan Smoot observed that the veil of uh, observed the same veil of deception. In his book, The Invisible Government, he wrote, "The leadership of the invisible government doubtless rests in the hands of a sinister few." Regarding the majority of members, he stated, "Many, if not most, of these are status seekers, but warned the ultimate." aim of the CFR, however, well-intentioned, is prominent and powerful members uh, may be, is to create a one-world socialist system. When you see the word, when you see the word socialism, think 
tyrannical dictatorship dominated by the big corporations and international banks. A member of individuals are apparently invited into the CFR simply because they have a distinguished name or other enchanting qualities, stated Perloff. He continued, they join without endorsing or even knowing the council's habitual viewpoint. However, he said, the membership's great majority have been chronically pro-socialist and pro-globalist. Professor Sutton recognized most members of the CFR have no knowledge of this diabolical plan, but there is an inner core within the CFR that promotes it. And I I just believe that. I I believe that you can't point the finger at everybody in any group. I think just like this Arthur just said, that there is an inner circle just about in every facet. You know, in your police departments, not all of them are bad. In the FBI, not all of them are bad. Just like we were saying earlier, someone honest came and brought about the report for Ferguson, Missouri, um, calling out the corruption that's going on in their police department and said they, in fact, had been um, targeting certain people, you know, and that they were racially discriminating. So that tells you right there that someone is honest. You know, and I, I believe that for every group that there is honest people and there's there's an inner circle of corrupt people which the others um, may have an option that something's going on, but they, they probably don't know the details. I, I, I believe that. Um, regarding the media blackout, Ellen observed during its uh, 50 years of existence, the CFR was almost never mentioned by any of the moguls of the mass media. And he added, when you realize that the membership of the CFR includes top executives from the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the Knight newspaper chain, NBC, CBS, Time, Life, Fortune, Business Week, U.S. News, and World Report, and many others, you can be sure that such anonymity is not accidental. Okay, so they control I mean, he just named off a bunch of news outlets, a bunch of newspapers, a bunch of magazines, and they're controlled by these people. So this is why you don't get a lot of things that's really happening in the world. Um, You don't get it in print or um, in the news. Mm -hmm. Okay, referring to the Whitewash Reese Committee investigations, which feebly investigated the tax-exempt foundations interlocked with the CFR, Smoot wrote, the power of the council is somewhat indicated by the fact that no committee or Congress has yet been powerful enough to investigate it or the foundations with which it has interlocking connections and from which it receives its support. He declared in 1939 the council began taking over the U.S. State Department. Admiral Chester Ward, former judge, advocate general of the U.S. Navy, remained in the CFR for about 20 years and co-authored a book entitled Kissinger on the Couch, where he wrote, once the ruling members of the CFR uh, have decided that the U.S. government should adopt a particular policy, the very substantial research facility of the CFR are put to work to develop arguments intellectual and emotional, to support the new policy and to confound 
and discredit intellectually and politically any opposition. The admiral also the admiral also warned that the goal of the CFR is the submergence of U.S. sovereignty and national independence into all powerful into an all powerful one world government. In the August 1978 issue of W Magazine, former CFR President Winston Lloyd is quoted as saying, the Trilateral Commission doesn't secretly run the world. The Council on Foreign Relations does that. Renee Warmser, who served on the Reese Committee investigating the multi-billionaire dollar tax-exempt foundations and their interlocks, wrote in his book, foundations that the Council on Foreign Relations is virtually an agency of the government and that it is financed both by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations. And furthermore, it overwhelmingly propagandizes the globalist concept. Arthur Allen agreed when he wrote the CFR is totally interlocked with the major foundations and other so-called think tanks. Regarding the interlocking think tanks, Dan Smoot explained all the organizations have federal tax exemption as educational groups, and they are all financed in part by tax exemption foundations, the principal ones being Ford, Rockefeller, and Carnegie. Most of them also have close, have close working relations with official agencies in the United States government. Referring to the CFR's infiltration into the White House, Senator Goldwater wrote that the CFR has staffed almost every key position in every administration since that of FDR. The Senate, who was apparently concerned about the influence and infiltration of the CFR into the White House, Quoting a congressional record dated uh, December 1987, volume 133, Perloff wrote, Senator Jim, uh, Jesse Helms, after noting the CFR's place within the establishment, put it this way before the Senate in December 87, the viewpoint of the establishment today is called globalism. Mr. President, in the globalist point of view, Nation states and national boundaries do not count for anything. Political philosophies and political principles seem to become simple, uh, simply relative. Indeed, even constitutions are irrelevant to the exercise of power. In an article called School for Statesmen, which appeared in the July 1958 issue of Harper's, CFR member columnist Joseph Kraft proclaimed it, meaning the CFR, has been the seat of some basic government decisions, has set the context for many more, and has repeatedly served as a recruiting ground for ranking officials. Allen commented the policies promoted by the CFR in the field of defense and international relations uh, become with regularity, which defines the law of chance, the official policies of the United States government. Today, the CFR remains active in working towards its final goal of government over all the world, a government which the insiders and their allies will control, declared Allen. The goal of the CFR is simply to abolish the United States with its constitutional guarantees of liberty. 
and they don't even try to hide it. Study number seven, published by the CFR, November 1959, advocates building a new international order, which must be responsive to world aspirations for peace and for social and economic change. This new world order, this new order will include states labeling themselves as socialists or communists, also refers to the CFR as the invisible government, and is unquestionably the most influential group in America. Former agent Smoot concurs, writing, I am convinced that the Council on Foreign Relations together with a great number of other associated tax-exempt organizations constitutes the invisible government, which sets the major policies of the federal government. Continuing, he said the CFR exercises controlling influence of government officials who implement the policies and through massive and skillful propaganda influences Congress and the public to support the policies. He stated further that the objective of this invisible government is to convert America into a socialist state and then make it a unit in a one-world socialist system. We shall have world government whether or not you like it by conquest or consent. Regarding the CFR's plan for a single world government, Perloff said, the CFR advocates the creation of a world government. And anyone who cares to examine back issues of foreign affairs will have no difficulty finding hundreds of articles that push this concept of globalism. For decades, said Perloff, the CFR pushed this ascending approach to world government with foreign affairs carrying such titles as Tower European Integration, beginnings in agriculture, excuse me, toward unity in Africa, toward a Caribbean federation, and so on. He quotes a 1974 article which stated, the House of World Order will have to be built from the bottom up rather than from the top down. And in run national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece will accomplish much more than the old-fashioned frontal assault. Very few people are aware of the existence of the CFR or its purpose. This appears to be the case with their interlocking think tanks, such as the Bilderbergs in the trilateral, trilateral Commission. Perloff said, today probably not one American in 500 can identify the CFR, despite the fact that it is arguably the most powerful political entity in the United States. And Allen's estimate, uh, estimate is higher. He comments, it is doubtful that one American in a thousand so much as recognizes the council's name or that one in 10,000 can relate anything at all about its structure or purpose. So that's the end of the description um, on the Council of Foreign Relations, but here is a a really brief summary of everything that I just read. Um, The CFR is a supra-governmental organization that overshadows Congress. Okay, so there you go, Congress. Um, It is financed by the tax-exempt foundations, and portrays itself as a humanitarian group. But its objectives are to erode national sovereignty 
and merge America into a worldwide government under the control of its members, which include people of tremendous wealth. Basically, their goal is global fascism. The CFR is responsible for setting major policy, which is activated without public knowledge or consent. It is beyond congressional investigation. Okay, so that's an overview of the Council on Foreign Relations. Any comments? I will um, unmute. Yeah, I got a comment. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Okay, that last part, okay, that you uh, read, okay, really hit the nail on the head, okay, because um, uh, most of what you read um, before that, I mean, it, I mean, it was valid, okay, most of it, the vast majority of it was valid, except when they, okay, when he comes, when Alan comes to the thing about, uh, um, the aiming at socialism, okay, that's BS, okay. What the last part you said, that it's actually fascism, okay, that's what it's really about, okay. New World Order is a product, uh, is, is a result of capitalism. Very true, very true. I agree. Thank you, Charles. Anyone else have a comment? Memoir, did you have a comment? Is she still there? Come on, hang up. Hey, Renata. This is Gary. Hi, Gary. How are you? Hi, I made it in. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm glad you're here. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm glad to be here. I don't know what that was about, so I apologize. Everybody oh. got that message. That I don't oh, know that's okay. Was. Hey, uh, I had a comment on it. You were talking about Hillary Clinton earlier. Yeah. And and someone else pointed this out in the uh, in the chat room, and I'd already looked up the article. Uh, it's a, just a little blurb. Uh, her commenting on her relationship with the Foreign Council on Foreign Relations. Yes. Uh, can I go ahead and read it? Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. This this is her addressing them. Um, apparently, they have an they had a new office open close to where she lived or close to the State Department because she's tied to them. And this is a quote. And I've seen the video of this. Um, Thank you very much, Richard. Um, And I am delighted to be here in these new headquarters. I have been often to and get, I guess, the mothership in New York City but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. We get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have to go as far to be told what we should be doing, unquote. Did she release that email? Or? She, what, say that again? Did she, how did that email get out? Did she release it or? Oh, no, no. This is uh, it's a it's in a MichaelJournal.org, Hillary. But um, there's a video of her saying this stuff. So if you just go on uh, YouTube and type in Hillary Clinton on Council on Foreign Relations, okay. it, she actually says it on a video. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yeah, and and like her podium says, Council on Foreign Relations 
in big letters. And then the wall behind her all says Council on Foreign Relations, and she's addressing them and thanking them for uh, being so open to, you know, her coming in there and everything. And it was sort of, it was like an open house kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. So she's, a I mean, member. she's a member of the Council for Relations. That's what you're saying. Yeah. My understanding is you can't get in any position, uh, a high up position um, in the government if you don't go meet with them. If they don't sign off on you, unanimously, you don't make it. Now, where where is that um, that she, remember when um, Obama was, uh, he had, I think he had just won the presidency, and he and Hillary had been going at it because, of course, she was running for president as well. Yeah. Um, but then, they, then they came to a happy medium, and they kind of duped the, um, the media because the media had planned to interview them. But they ended up flying off to some secret meeting somewhere. Do you remember that? Yeah, they they were on the plane and they said, "Well, where's where are they? You know, we're here to interview them." I think they that's when they went to. I think that's when they went to a Bilderberg meeting. Oh, was that Bilderberg? Okay. Yeah. Well, there was another thing like that, Charles. They 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 scheduled a press conference with. Uh, was it both of them, Renata? Was it, or was it just Obama? I think it was. was, it, I think it was, was it, the one I'm speaking of. It was both of them. Yeah, and and they got the press on the plane, but but the but they never had anybody to interview. And what was funny well, is the press. there's, there's uh, video of it. Yeah, they tricked them. Uh, yeah, they ditched the press. Yeah. It's crazy. And my my understanding also is the reason that uh that Hillary now you know, I I don't know that this is hundred percent true, but um it does seem to figure and I have read little interviews with Henry Kissinger and he is like one of the the king the king di- king dicks in the, the CFR. Because uh, he's been around there forever with Nixon and everything, you know, they all consider him like quote unquote a rock star. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know, he faces like international war crimes charges, but somehow he's like really cool. And you got to listen to Henry Kissinger. But um, he took an interest in uh, Obama. He saw mm-hmm. something in him, and if and, and they tried to keep it really hushed. But there are places if you search deeply enough, you can find where he has been sort of a mentor, but they've wanted to keep it on the download, down low on that. Mm-hmm. So I think he he was part of that influence of switching from Hillary over to Obama. Oh, okay. There were a lot of people uh, pulling for Obama, but I think that, well, I read and, and I saw a movie, I forget the name of it, but um, that he was groomed, you know, he was groomed for his position, which most of them are. It's not by chance that these people become president. Oh no, he uh, he was supported a lot by the money people, uh, and and groomed by a certain um, group of them in Chicago. And 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 if, I'm trying not to to you know inflame anybody here by mentioning certain words, but if you if you follow him pretty closely. Uh, 
the people that were uh, surrounded him throughout his campaigning and throughout his experiences in Chicago, those people were with him and were financing and handling him all the way up through his presidency, and they became his uh, his staff. Ah. So I'll, I'll just say this. Rahm Emanuel was, was invited to light the 40-foot menorah across from the White House. And, 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 he's, a dual, and he's a dual citizen of that particular country and the U.S. So, but yeah, Renata? Yes, yes, Charles. Oh, yeah, you called me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. That was okay. Yeah, somebody okay. called me. Did did they did they um, come across on on the line? No, I I didn't hear anything. Okay, all right, all right. I'm sorry for cutting you um, off. Yeah, were you were you finished, Gary? Did you want to? You have any more? Yeah, I don't want to monopolize. But it's fun talking to everybody. You know, just. No, everybody, no, no, uh, you're not monopolizing it at all. I, I er- always get a lot out of what you say, believe me. Er- everybody's sharing. <laughs> um, and what you said was informative, Gary. Oh, hey, yes. thanks, Charles. That's always, yes. Um, Smither in the chat room says that that was a Bilderberg meeting that Hillary and Obama went to. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he says that, and I'm sure some decisions were made there, too. I'm sure that's probably where they decided that she would be the, uh, was she the secretary? Yeah, secretary of state. But I don't think she is anymore. She stepped down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, can can I ask something? Can I ask something that, um, uh, first of all, um, uh, their main office, their building, uh, CFR is on um, 42nd Street, East 42nd Street here in New York. Right, and if I'm not mistaken, I think um, Michelle is a member. Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah, a member of I, what? A member of what? CFR. Yeah, I think they all are, and and my understanding too is that they try to get all press, anybody that they basically want to have a gag order on. They give them memberships. So there's people out there that have memberships like, you know, Mike Wallace, people like that, that may not even know precisely what these guys are doing, but uh, their membership uh, ensures that they don't talk, say. They don't spill the beans on anything. Right. Because they have a lot to hide. (laughs) Yeah. You could almost view them as just like all corporations as having a pyramid structure with the the few chosen at the very top, and then everything else trickles down. And maybe Mike Wallace and other press people are down there on that the lowest part of the the of the pyramid. They don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Obama you know, was a TFR too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He. he Who was that? Who was that? Lala said Obama is is a member of the CFR. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Melfi in the chat room. I want to include everybody. Oh, I lost it. I lost it. Wait a minute. Let me go back. See if I can find. 
Melfi says uh, Renata Henry Clinton is a prime member. I'm assuming Melfi's talking about of the CFR, and it's a video, probably talking about the video that um, Gary mentioned. Uh, let's see. Snitzer says Obama would have been president no matter what. He's related to the rest of the president, as in long bloodline. That is true. They've all they're all cousins, first cousin, twelfth cousin removed, something. They're they are related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. Um they say Bush and Obama are what, second cousins, I think? Second or third cousins, something like that. And Cheney uh, too. Oh really? Yeah, Cheney, yeah. Now Cheney was the vice president for uh Clinton, wasn't he? For Bush. For Bush. For Bush, I'm sorry, he's for Bush. He's the one is he the one that shot his friend? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. They call him Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I remember he shot his friend in a uh supposedly it was like a hunting accident or something like that. Yeah, shot him in the face from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Okay. Well, still feedback. Thank you, you guys. Okay, so that's the Council on Foreign Relations. So I'm going to skip around because... Can I suggest a book? Yeah. Can. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, A book I like, it's like to suggest, okay, I, I think you type it up on um, Google. You can Google it. Is um the occult technology of power? Occult technology of power. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Thank All you. Right. Okay. Power. Write the whole name down here. Okay. Mom. Okay. Cool. All righty. So I got that down, Charles. I'm gonna look into that. All one. right. It's really. Um, I'm finding that it, it truly is important for um, to understand these connections and who's behind this stuff because um, just like you, you guys were just saying, you know, this is how our presidents get chosen. This is how laws go into effect. This is, you know, we have these beliefs that we are making a difference. We're voting this person in or we're voting this particular law in. But according to books like this and many others, not just this one, um, is not necessarily true. Like these people are selected, they're already, you know, pre-selected to go into these positions, you know. And um, and then we also see how uh, a lot of these uh, organizations are, um, they're all connected some kind of way. You know, your, um, your school systems, your hospitals, your um, banking industry, they're all connected through these people these people who have money, and a lot of this stuff is decided um, behind closed doors, and they have an agenda, which happens to be, in my opinion, a wicked agenda, you know, for all of us that is uh, uh, not in our best interest. So it's good to understand these things. It really is. Okay, so I want to go on. And I'm just going to really skip around this chapter because um, 
and I'm skipping through the whole book really because I don't want to just stay on all that all of the um, that that aspect of it. So we'll come back to that next next week maybe. But um, I want to go on to the part of tactics. This is chapter 17, so this is way in the back of the book. And he's talking about some of the tactics that they use and how um, a, a lot of the things that happen to a targeted individual. Because while he's talking about the business aspect of this stuff with the CFR and some of these other organizations, he also talks about um, the, the gang stalking or the organized stalking or whatever you want to call it. And I believe that this person may be a targeted individual, although he, he hasn't said so so far, but I think he is because he's tying it all in here with these these different groups that he just talked about. So in this um, chapter, talking about the tactics, he's saying that um, many of the tactics used in, used in um, the stalking, which you all know, is the same tactics that were used for COINTELPRO um, by the United States and Russia and Germany and how they use these tactics against their civilian population. Um, and so I just want to kind of, and then he talks about how it's all related to um, Operation um, MH Chaos and COINTELPRO and MK Ultra and, um, and, and some of the others. They're all pretty much the same, just a few variations. And, of course, with this targeting that's going on now with people, there's more technology than ever involved. So that's where you get your um, muscles. Some people get muscle spasms. They get the sleep deprivation. They get the voices in the head. I don't know if they were getting that, you know, back in the East Germany days and all of that, but now we have technology. So it's, it's probably harder on us than it was and not to minimize anything that anybody who's being targeted going through, but I'm just bringing up the fact that there's a lot of technology behind the targeting that's happening today. Um, and it, it makes it harder, I think, because uh, how can we fight against machines? How, how can we do it, you know? But by the grace of God, we're doing it some, some kind of way. Um, so this is called uh, Hidden in Plain View. Many of us have experience with books. Let me bring the phone closer to me. One second. Okay. Let me know if you guys can't hear me. Okay, many of us have experience with books where the goal is to find the hidden picture contained in the landscape or the artwork, where if you look intently, you will eventually see a three-dimensional picture superimposed on a flat background. At first, most of us had some trouble detecting these hidden pictures. You guys remember Where's Waldo, where you had to find Waldo? This is the kind of picture that he's describing here. Um, but with practice, we usually see them. Once the detection mechanism is developed, these hidden objects become clearly visible with little effort. So, too, with the hidden evil. Once you know what to look for, these borderline subliminal attacks are quite detectable. So rather than using a blunt, overt attack against a fully functional person, they usually attack covertly and conceal their harassment by using existing events that occur naturally. There is usually cover for the harassment as well. However, it is a possibility, a statistical rarity, 
for some of these stage events to occur as often as they do. They conceal much of their harassment using what appears to be a simple formula. From what I've learned, the basic formula is as follows. Frequency describes how often an event occurs. It also pertains to the number of acts within a single event. Duration pertains to the length of a single event. It also pertains to the nonstop nature of the harassment in general. Intensity, the amplification of acts such as sound, sight, crowding, etc., within an event. And anyone who's dealt with the stalking probably more than likely has dealt with all of this, the frequency, duration, and the intensity. And the intensity may go up or down, you know. Sometimes it seems like, oh, I'm getting a break here, and it stopped, and then all of a sudden it picks back up even heavier. So the intensity ranges, you know, from time to time. Um, A hypothetical example of a car door slamming event would include this. One neighbor arrives and two others leave. As they're tending to their vehicle, there is the repeated opening and shutting doors and trunks, alarms going off and beeping from alarms being turned on. These disturbances emanate from areas surrounding your house. This may happen simultaneously or they may be strung together one right after another. Most TIs have experienced that or something similar. Uh, Synopsis. The event lasted for five minutes longer than normal. That's the duration. In addition to length of the event being exceeded, the number of times each act occurs within the event was increased. That's the frequency. Um, Example, multiple repeated doors, trunks, slamming from cars, even if even if a single individual is at the vehicle. This event also happens many times throughout the day. That's your frequency. Each individual's act of door trunk shutting is amplified by deliberate slamming to produce a louder than normal noise level. That's the intensity. So he's just giving examples. Um, The event was louder, contained more activity or acts, and lasted longer than normal to produce a covert attack. Even if a single individual is arriving or leaving, and that's also, he hasn't said it here, but that's the synchronized, that's synchronizing too. Um, Standard practice seems to be multiplied. Trunk, back door, driver's door, this may be synchronized, okay, there it goes, uh, with your activity, such as your arrival or departure. The event may also be part of a noise campaign consisting of an alteration of other types of noise. The basic formula is used with many of the tactics outlined in this chapter. The frequency and duration formula is also used in mobbing. In addition to the overuse of an individual tactic, uh, these tactics are combined and used in a round-the-clock fashion, which amplifies their overall potency. Basic protocol. There is a basic protocol that they begin with which is consistent in all NATO nations. It begins with the surveillance of targets, monitoring of their private lives, and entering into their homes or break-ins. This is done so their personality traits can be cataloged. This is a basic protocol that the perpetrators began with, states McKinney. 
But the TI, or the targeted individual, contributes to the modification. And you guys all know this stuff. I know. I'm just reading through this book. After they are singled out for preliminary stages of harassment, gang stalking ensues, um, which which McKinney describes as part of a softening up process. Um, after a period of covert, or, or excuse me, of overt surveillance or gang stalking, NLW are introduced. The NLW harassment gradually increases to extreme conditions. This pattern has unfolded consistently in all NATO countries. Dr. Munzer speaks of basically the same pattern, which he describes as double-folded strategies. It is usually the same uh, procedure he announced, but with individual variations. One part includes the victim being attacked with microwave weapons, and the other part of the strategy, he says, is to portray the targeted people as mad or insane. He explained the effectiveness of this approach as unbeatable and reveals that this is essentially what the Stasi did to their targets. Part of this protocol appears to include elements of neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, which is a type of mind control used by behaviorists to affect change. NLP will be covered more in detail later. Now, I want to go back to the part where he says that the victim, um, that one part of, of this attack on a person is that the victim is being attacked with microwave weapons, and the other part um, they're being portrayed as um, insane. And I think we all agree that that's the whole smear campaign on a target is that they're mentally ill. So I think most people will agree with that. But I don't think that everybody understands that whether or not you uh, feel that you are only being stalked and harassed, community-based harassed, um, that you are more than likely getting microwave weapons as well. I'm one of those people that thought, because my stalking has always been so heavy, I thought that was all they were doing to me. But, no, they, they are definitely hitting, I believe, my own personal belief, that um, that all targets are being hit with microwave weapons. I, I think that, you know, but I know that there are people that would disagree. Um, some of the tactics. Uh, below has been called street theater, harassment skits, or staged events. They are planned harassment skits such as blocking. You know, a lot of people get get, get uh, blocked or, you know, um, barriers put up where they, you know, can't walk straight through or drive straight through or, you know, just all these obstructions. There are people that that is the way that they're they're targeted. Not everyone's targeted that way, but some, some are targeted that way. Um, or swarming. You just have like a um, a flash mob kind of thing where you'll be the only one in a certain place and you look up and there's a thousand people, you know. It's, that That is one of their uh, main tactics, actually. Uh, they also include informants who surround targets and have conversations intended to be overheard. That's a directed conversation, which contain information about the target's personal life. Presumably, citizens, citizen informants are told that this is necessary to let targeted people know they're being watched. This may happen in any public place. This is not a complete list 
of tactics, but in uh, but it includes some of the more common ones reported. Some of these tactics will sound insane because they're deliberately designed to make someone appear as though they're suffering from a mental disorder. They were uh, definitely created by experts in the behavioral sciences. I believe that. In addition, people may be emotionally drained and unable to properly identify or explain what's happening to them. According to the DOJ, which is, everybody knows, the Department of Justice, mental tactics designed to cause psychological harm must last for four four months or years before they constitute torture. Wow, really? Let me read that again. According to the DOJ, mental tactics designed to cause psychological harm must last for months or years before they constitute torture. And years for all of us targets. Um, The hidden evil fits this description. So keep in mind, these are psychological warfare tactics which are intended to drive people crazy. The mental health system is apparently being used worldwide to discredit targeted people who complain. According to the book Journey into Madness, the true story of secret CIA mind control and medical abuse by Gordon Thomas, countries around the world, including the U.S., have used doctors to help abuse and discredit people, often for political reasons. It is also a documented fact that there was collaboration between doctors and the military when um, experiments were carried out in prisons, hospitals, and universities on unwitting people in North America. McKinney states that medical doctors as well as psychiatrists and psychologists appear to be providing cover for this program. True. This is similar to what was done in Russia when enemies of the dictatorship would be thrown in mental institutions and drugged beyond recovery. The APA's refusal to acknowledge the impact of terrorization on the human psyche, even given the publicity stemming from the church committee's findings in 1975, raises serious questions about the validity of psychiatry as a profession in this country, declared McKinney. Not to mention the APA's ethical intent in the long term. The DSM is a diagnostic manual for identifying mental disorders. The first edition of the DSM was released in 1952 at a time when the APA was under the control of Dr. Ewan Cameron, who would commit brutal government-sponsored torture under the MKUltra program. Dr. Ronnie uh, Lena Kilday, former chief medical officer of Finland, wrote an article, they just killed her, wrote an article um, entitled Microwave Mind Control, Modern Torture and Control Mechanisms, Eliminating Human Rights and Privacy. In it, she described the Psychiatric Diagnosis Statistical Manual, or the DSM for Mental Disorders, as a brilliant cover-up operation in 18 languages to hide the atrocities of military and intelligence agencies' actions towards their targets. Dr. Kildee says the manual lists all mind control actions as signs of paranoid schizophrenia and that all medical schools teach their students 
that the person is paranoid, especially if he, be, if he believes intelligence agencies are behind it. I think TIs uh, are witnesses to that. If you um, complain about any government faction, you run the risk of, of being locked into a mental institution. So this Dr. Kilday, who recently died in the last couple of months, um, she says that it's, it's a mass cover-up that the um, psychiatric industry is involved in this mass cover-up and that uh, people going through these uh, medical schools to become psychiatrists or anything in the psychiatric field, they are trained that if anyone complains against uh, a government agency that they are a paranoid, uh, schizophrenic person. And as we know, most of them will, will be locked up. Okay, never... Uh, let's see, finally she proclaims, never is the medical profession told that these are routine actions all over the world by intelligence agencies against their targets. Dr. Munzer said that doctors first think of paranoia and schizophrenia if someone complains about this program. He cautions that because of this, victims could end up in a lunatic asylum. Annie Earl, a licensed clinical social worker and board-certified diplomat in her area of expertise, has over 25 years of psychotherapy experience as an independent practitioner. When referring to the DSM during an interview on the Republic Broadcasting Network, she stated it's called the Diagnosis Statistical Manual, and all psychotherapists, regardless of specialty, are required to give their patients a diagnosis from this manual. And that is a major problem that I have with this manual. The only diagnosis you're ever going to get from a psychiatrist, therapist, any of these medical professionals is going to come from that manual. And targeted individual is not in that manual. So don't look for um, any other diagnosis that's not in there. It's going to be paranoid schizophrenia. It's going to be um, delusional disorder. It's going to be something like that. PI is not in there. Um, oh, what's that other one they give? Um, what is that other diagnosis? Uh, just on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I Bipolar is one, yes, yes. Um, dang, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's um, like everybody is coming against you. What is that called? Um, delusions of grandeur. Delusions of grandeur. Um, oh, it'll come to me. Paranoia. Paranoia, no. But, yes, that is one that they give. It's called... Um, Disassociated ID. No, it's one where you they they say that you feel that everybody's coming against you. Oh, uh, persecution, persecution complex. Persecution complex. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. So those are the main. Everyone, every uh, uh, diagnosis that everyone on the call just said. Those are. It's about five or six that they will give a TI. So thank you, everyone. Is if there's about five or six, but uh, being targeted is not one. If if you say you're being targeted, the closest they're going to get to that is the persecution complex. 
that's what they're going to say, that you feel that it's in your head that everyone's following you, that everyone's harassing you, that everyone's coming against you. You know, it's it's all on you. So you, you feel that you're being persecuted, but it's not true. That's what they're going to do. Okay, it's okay. So let me go going back a little. It's called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, and all psychotherapists, regardless of specialty, are required to give their patient a diagnosis from this manual. And in order to get the diagnosis, you have to fulfill certain criteria that is clearly spelled out in the DSM. Earl noticed a pattern unfolding when some of the people who came to her did not fit the standard criteria. The patients that started coming to me really did not fit any of these classifications, she explained. For example, they, um, they might be having what some people considered a psychotic, that's another one, the, uh, psychotic, um, they'll say you're having a psychotic break, um, psychotic or schizophrenic breakdown, and that they might report what seems to be hallucinations, but they did not have any of the other criteria that goes along with schizophrenia. There are many criteria that uh, that one is required to detect in making the diagnosis of schizophrenia, and these people did not meet all that criteria. Apparently, Earl became targeted herself while studying this program. Interestingly, uh, the May the April May 1996 issue of Nexus magazine contained an article entitled "How the NSA Harasses Thousands of Law-Abiding Americans Daily." by the usage of remote neural monitoring, we have to look that up, you guys, um, written by former NSA worker John Sinclair Aquay. Um, it reads, NSA domain domestic intelligence has the ability to covertly assassinate U.S. citizens or run covert psychological control operations to cause subjects to be diagnosed with uh, mental health. The DSM appears to have been created with a loophole which allows government-sponsored harassment programs to exist. This was evidently done so that people will appear ill when explaining uh, to a mental health uh, professional, when explaining this to a mental health professional. Adding to this confusion, the program itself is designed to mimic mental illness when explained to those in the know. Mental health professionals may also participate in this program, wittingly or unwittingly, by labeling targets as mentally ill. It is one of several layers of protection used to help this program operate in secrecy. It's uh, easy to see how some mental health professionals might jump to conclusions. So... um, I'm going to stop right there, and then it goes on to surveillance and character assassination, which we could do next week. But there was something I wanted to talk about just a little bit. Uh, let me let me go back to where it says, this was evidently done so that people will appear ill when explaining this to a mental health professional. Adding to this conclusion, the program itself is designed to mimic mental illness when explained to those not in the know. So what I want to say about that is um, it is designed to make a person appear mentally ill when they talk about it. And so to me, that 
makes it even more critical that we always come off as logical and that we keep ourselves together appearance-wise because one of the things that mental health professionals are trained to look for is a person who would be um, appear unkempt, as they would call it. That's an excellent point. Excuse me? That's an excellent point. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's what came to mind when, as I was reading this, is to just share with you on this is nothing that you guys don't know, but I, I just feel like I want to put it out there for people who may be newly targeted or, or what have you um, that may listen to this call or whatever, that it is really important to keep yourself all the way together mentally, physically, spiritually, and every other way because these people are looking to institutionalize every last one of us, and that's just real. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it's the truth, and you guys being targeted already know this, but they definitely want you and us, me included, in one of their institutions, jail, mental facility, you know, and they kidnap people every day and put them in mental institutions, and you never hear or see them again. Most targets, their families have abandoned them. You know, their friends have abandoned them. So who's going to come look for you? You know, so you really need to 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 um, make sure you maintain your mental health, your physical health, comb your hair, you know, uh, keep your clothes clean. I don't care if you have one pair of pants and one sock, keep that washed out. Wash it out in the sink or something. You know, keep yourself smelling good, looking good. Keep your hair combed. You know, men stay shaving if you shave. If you don't, make sure you trim your beard, whatever you do, you know. And just, 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 you know, make sure you look presentable because that is one of the things that mental health people are trained to look for to see if you are what they would call unkempt, really, because they say that's a sign of a mentally ill person when you're not taking care of your appearance. You know, make sure you're eating right, you know, the best you can. If you, if you don't have a lot of money and you can't have, like, complete meals, just make it count. Whatever you can afford, make it count. Eat, eat some carrots. Eat something that's going to, you know, build you up. And sound logical. You know, don't, you know, when you have to address a, a certain issue, because we always have some sort of issue, because they always bring some sort of conflict to your life, some sort of way, if you're targeted in that way, Um but don't be like a uh, sound like a raging lunatic when you talk to people. You know what I mean? Try your best to, to stay calm and respond rather than to react, which I've said that a million times, but it's true. And I have to remind myself of that too because I know what they do to me. And they're constantly trying to get me to go there, you know. And I'm telling you, it is really hard to maintain when you have all these people attacking you. It's not easy. Uh, it's not. I'm not trying to say that it is, but I'm, what I am saying is that it's important. It's important for your livelihood. It's important for you to stay in the quote-unquote free world, which we know that that's not true, but, you know, it's, it's, it's more free than being in an institution, believe me. So, really, really, yeah, in one second, Lala, let me just finish this off. So, you know, it's really important, really important that we don't prove them right because they have put this whole smear campaign out there on you that um, you're crazy, Jane Doe is crazy, 
you know, so when you see her, you know, she she's crazy. She's going to go off. You know, if you say this, she's going to go off. So you know what? Don't prove them right. Prove them wrong. Talk with the intel as the intelligent person as you are. You know, address the issue if you must address the issue. Ignore as much as you possibly can. You know, do your prayer, do your medication, whatever you have in your toolbox to keep you strong. I know what I do, but what I do is not going to work for you, and what you do is probably not going to work for me. So come up with your own regimen of keeping yourself together and do it constantly. Like some people exercise, exercise, and that's really, you know, helps them, gets those good endorphins going. Some people prefer the prayer. Some people prefer the meditation. Some people prefer just um, talking to a friend. You know, some people prefer nature. Whatever it is for you, make sure you do it on a regular basis so that you can keep yourself out of these mental institutions because, as this Arthur said, these people are involved. They, 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 they're involved with this big cover-up to make the T.I. appear crazy and to acknowledge whoever tried to put you there to say you were crazy. They're there to acknowledge it. They're there to give a diagnosis, yes. Yes, I would agree. This person is paranoid schizophrenic. You know you're not, but what are you going to do? So the best thing to do is to try our best to avoid getting in these situations, which, you know, is hard at times because, you know, you have these corrupt people out here. And then that's another reason why it's important to, um, I feel, this is just me talking, it's important to have something going on in your life. Because if you ever are questioned on, well, well, what do you do? You know, I mean, you have to ask them, do you work? Do you go to school? I mean, will you be able to say that you do anything constructive with your life? These are the things that they look for. I'm not saying you have to. I'm telling you these are the things that these mental health professionals look for. Um, well, you must not be in all of your facilities if you can't hold down a job or if you can't go to school to try to better yourself or if you, you know, you don't do any kind of uh, community volunteering or you're not active in your community or you're not, these are the things they look for. This is not me talking. This is the stuff they look for. This is, to them, these are signs of a productive citizen, someone who is doing something constructive. And, And it's real hard to do something constructive when you're being, personally attacked and persecuted. It's really hard. I know it is. Believe me, I do. I'm there. I, I get it, so I know. But I'm telling you, this is what they look for. So so be able to say, I do this. I'm actively looking for this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this. You know, I take care of myself. Prove them wrong. I take care of myself. I take care of my children. I take care of my house. I go to school. I do, you know, whatever you do. I don't know what you do. I, 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 I take care of the farm. I do, you know, whatever, whatever you do. You know, I wash cars every day. But just make sure you're doing something. I, I mow people's grass. I, you know, help out in my community. I help out in my church. You know, please, I'm for your own benefit because I'm telling you what these people do. And no matter how bad you feel and how how tired you are, you know, get up and, and, and take yourself a shower. Um, you know, wash yourself off, clean your clothes, look good. It, what, what you go through don't have to show on your face. It really doesn't. It does not have to show on your face. And, it is, and I have to keep saying that it is hard. It's easier said than done. I swear it is. I know it is. 
but I'm just saying for our own benefit, these people are corrupt, a lot of them, not all of them. A lot of these people are corrupt, and it's a huge cover-up going on. And unfortunately, you know, the T.I. has been put on that list, whatever that list is, domestic terrorists or whatever whatever blacklist they have, we should not be on there, but it appears, it appears that we are. I'm going to speak for myself. It appears that I'm on somebody's list, so I know how important it is for me to try to maintain myself and for me to try my best to um, compose myself. Even when I have all these people attacking me, you know, I have to try to compose myself because they're not going to lock them away. They're going to lock me away. So just keep that in mind, and that that's what that that's what reading that reminded me of when they said how you know these um, mental health people are you know involved, and we know that this book didn't really upsell us that we know that we can we can talk to Nancy. Look what they did to her, and I'm sorry, Nancy, because I don't mean to put you on front street, but you shared your story many times. But I mean, look, there's a lot of examples in this community. They will kidnap you. And I'm so not trying to scare anybody. I just want you guys to understand the seriousness, really, of, of you know, trying to keep it all together. Just try to keep it all together because we, we don't want anybody else to have to go through what some other targets have gone through. So that's it. Lala, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lala. No, I was just going to say one of the tactics they had, the tactics that they had tried with me before they got me in the hospital was that um, I remember I was taking a shower and everything like that, and then all of a sudden I remember they started making it seem like my neighbors that was at my other apartment because I started living with my mom, and I used to live at this apartment complex. So they used to bring, they used to make it seem like all these people were looking at me when I was taking a shower or using the bathroom, and I think their their motive was to stop me from using the bathroom and stop me from taking a shower because it actually worked. And I got to the point where I would just take a towel and, you know, try to clean myself, but my family started noticing. They were like, oh, saying little things like, you know, wiping off is not the same as taking a shower. They're trying to give me hints that I need to take a shower, but it was so convincing that, you know, it felt like about 20 people were in the bathroom watching me, and, and everything I did they just made fun of, you know, just everything. <laughs> Like just to, mm-hmm. to degrade you, you know, just totally make you just feel guilty for going to the bathroom, taking a shower, washing your hands, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, watch um, people in this community really should watch falling into depression because depression is really easy when you have all this going on that we have going on. One of the signs of depression, which I don't know if a lot of people know, but, uh, one of the one of the signs is that people will let their hygiene go. You know, when you're depressed, you just want to stay in bed. You don't want to deal with the world. You don't want to talk. You don't want to, you know, deal with anything because you're you're feeling bad. You know, you're depressed, and so um, the hygiene can't go by the way. I'm tired of talking. And so. And so um, we should be mindful of that and make sure that we take care of ourselves, you know, especially when you have people around you that have no problems at all um, trying to get you locked away. You know, you have people in your own house sometimes, not everyone, but sometimes, that will um, totally go along with the fact that you're mentally ill, you know, and will get you locked up. And they'll come up with all these things, oh, 
Um, she doesn't take care of herself. She doesn't comb her hair. She doesn't, you know, talk to anybody. She, you know, okay, she, she's clinically depressed, you know. She, she thinks everybody's after her, you know. So then next thing you know, you're being hauled off. So just be careful. Just be careful and take care of yourself. And you know what? Another thing about taking care of yourself is that you feel good. You feel better when you when you get up and, you, you know, you clean yourself and you, you dress up and, you know, you go out and you try to do something with your life. That's what they don't want you to do. So that's what you should be doing. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, this is Lonnie again. Uh, in regard to the DSM, there's a whole chapter in Dr. Hall's book about psychiatry. And um, he talks about it that, uh, you know, it's been it's been revised over the years. And currently it's being the DSM-4 is currently used right now, but the next one, DSM-5, which uh, is still being debated during the writing of his book, but he's, he says it, it's fiercely um, contested by a lot of the psychiatric community, although he considers psychiatry a, a quack science. <laughs> Not really. Apparently, I can tell. And he's a doctor, too. But what he says is that um, there is a currently grassroots opposition to that. And the reason is, is that fundamentally the biggest problem with the DSM-5 is that it, essentially no person, no matter how mentally stable, can escape getting some type of diagnosis or mental illness. doesn't matter who we are. If, uh, if a science that cannot be proven is uh, is is under authority or, or under the authority of this kind of thing, then they can diagnose anybody as that. I, I'm very much dismayed. Recent, well, I've known the last few years about these. I listen to public uh, national public radio a lot, and you mentioned one of those uh, one of those financial organizations. That's one mm-hmm. of their supporters, um, the Pew trust or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. But what bothers me a lot about that one is that they love to come on at least once or twice a week with a new psychological, you know, study something. Mm -hmm. Okay, one year they came out saying that creative people are more prone to be dishonest. Where they got that, I don't know. I guess (laughs) creative people would be better crooks if that's what they chose to do. But, you know, it has nothing to do with Morality or <laughs> right and wrong kind of stuff, but they come out with something really ridiculous every so often. Some of it's just doggone common sense, and other things. But they do this study, and they say the psychiatrist and the psychologist have come up with this idea about how a personality works. And so, um, I'm uh, I'm very skeptical. But you know that. But anyway, I thought I'd read that thing about the DSM because he he talks extensively about it in this book. Thank you, Money. Okay. So are they up to the DSM-5? I thought they were up to the 5. You said 4. I'm sorry. They may have already adopted it because he said his writing, they were still using the DSM-4, but they were debating uh, the DSM-5 at that time. And this was published. This just came out this year in January. I don't know. You know, the writing goes on before then. So. Oh, okay. I see. Thank you, Lonnie. Okay. 
Um, Melty in the chat room says, I leave the lights off in the dark hours. Okay. I got some on that, too. <laughs> Real quick. Okay, I heard Dwight, you know, on on the freedom, you know, calls. He said, he said I, I used to shower in the dark. He said, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Who cares? You know, they're there. They know what you look like. You might as well, you know, go on and just take a shower. Uh, I do use a different kind of light. I don't use the, uh, the one from the wired wired in. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm oh, one. Interesting. Um, Life Stolen says, I still take baths and showers with my eyes closed. Okay. Yeah. You know, that, that's sad. That, to me, that's sad that people um, don't don't even feel like they can shower, you know what I mean, in, 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 in private. It's so sad. Can I say something? Yes. Yeah, hi. Um, I, this okay. is James, in case you don't know. But, uh, yes, hi. I've been staying in motels. And I recently got a house. It's here in Gold. It's in Gold Beach, and um, it's pretty nice. Good for you. I know what? I said good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice, but it's it's in kind of a rundown neighborhood. It's not really, but there are some houses around that are kind of weird. Because this house is just it looks. It's like somebody was. Um, was building it up to be like a, a luxury house. It's got all luxury appliances. It's really neat. But the thing I noticed that corresponds to what we're going through is that I was staying in the motels, and while I was looking for the uh, an apartment or a house, well, a house mostly, I noticed that um, they they listen to everything I say on the phone and um, will try to sabotage that, like. In the house, when I moved in, the first day and second day I was here, they there was kind of like um, a big upsurge in the harassment. And even one guy came to uh, where the, gro- the grocery store where I was buying groceries and was beaming me from his car inside. And the, the thing that saves me or that gives me all this insight is that uh, I, have a, I have a directional meter. That's my phone, the Android phone. And I can tell where it is. I can, it's directional. It shows me exactly, points right to where the source of the radiation is. So when that happened in the grocery store, I was able to go towards the front of the store to the right and take a picture of the guy's car, which, and then he left. It was, uh, you know, he even had his name on the side of it. He was like he, uh, cutting brush. So he said, call the brush cutter. And, and, um, you know, I, I can subvert, I can overcome a lot of it by just knowing where they are and also, you know, they can hear me. And so, like I said, there was this big upsurge in activity. So what that, I think, is designed to do is to, like, give you early on your psychologically subjugate you or maybe get you to be um, arrested by the police or taken to a hospital so that you don't become... So, you know, so that you'll be be compliant for you know for this, and I I never do that. I am never compliant. So James, oh. are you saying that? I'm sorry, I don't mean to just rudely interrupt. You're saying you you were being attacked, but yet the person has um, a label of what type of business he runs on his van, which would make him identifiable to any law enforcement. 
that wouldn't make any sense. I think this is psychological warfare. No, and that's I've probably what they want you. I can tell where they are. I can tell. I can tell where it's like. If, if most you know, it's like it was phones, a it's most I can tell PI where it's coming from. Things. This it's one says car park in front of the. Excuse me, I was talking. This car was parked in front of the grocery store. Your app is not going to work. This car was parked in front of the grocery store and beaming me inside the grocery store. At one point, I picked my hand up to look at my, to do something with my phone, and my hand froze. That's from ELF ways, and that's from only from close up. And um, I can tell exactly where it was coming from. Like, move it around in a 360-degree circle, and it's going to only point one way. And what they do, what they will do is try to make it seem like it's coming from multiple directions. But, you know, if they, what they'll do is they'll move the weapon to different houses or to different spots. And that truck was um, moving itself. So, you know, it was moving target. But, yeah, if you have a directional meter, the Android smartphone that I have is a directional meter. It only points to the source. It's not psychological. I'm an electrical engineer. I know. Okay? The, 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 considering the majority of PIs, all of their electronics are compromised first and foremost, that should be the first thing you think about is your phone actually picking up something that you think it is because it's an app. Our our phones are compromised. Every electronic we have is compromised. It doesn't Every matter. Electronic it doesn't I matter have what you say. We have, you know, you you pick up a flashlight, you expect it to work. You pick up something else, you expect it to work. If it doesn't, you say, yeah, it, they they screwed with it. But I have a directional meter. To an electrical engineer, that means it shows the direction of the source. And whether the source is a moving target, the man had a, a a weapon in his car. I've seen this before, people driving by and doing that, stopping and doing this to me, and to, and I've heard of it, to doing it to others. Yeah, um, sure, it's psychological warfare, but that doesn't mean we have to think everything is a big mystery. Don't think everything is a big mystery. I, I, I'm I'm not thinking it's a big mystery. I'm I'm more apt to say, you know what? It is perfectly understandable that they could manipulate it and and make it so that neighbors turn against neighbors, people stop talking to each other, friends, you know, brothers, sisters, everybody, and and hey, then you know what? Then their plan is working perfectly because, with all due respect to your engineering degree. And, you know, everything else, I have experienced this to quite a bit of an extreme extent. Over you know, I, I don't, I'm not better than anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody. No, and I, I don't I, I'm no, not I just have that. All I'm trying to say is... I, I have degrees in biology and uh, electronics and computer science, and I don't think I'm better than anybody. I just put this information out there so that people can learn from it, you know, so so they don't think everything is a mystery. So it's not it's not something that's, like, out there and we shouldn't even 
think that it might be true. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to have education, and we've, we're trying to help the ones who don't. And, you know, people who make stuff up, like, you know, you think, you, you say, well, it's, um, it's a particle beam accelerator. You, don't, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't say it. Well, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to imply that, you know, because you have a degree that you're trying to imply you're better than anybody. I'm not trying to imply that at all. All I'm trying to imply is that I have experiences with someone in Europe and, and you know, um, compliments of their synthetic telepathy. The person was all the way overseas repeating words that I was thinking. So, you know, I'm more apt to think, you know what, this is being done by satellite and not the person in the van who's got advertisement that makes it perfectly, you know, identifiable and you could easily say, you know, I'm in the United States. The, the other person was overseas in Europe and, and, you know, somehow he's repeating the same exact words that I'm thinking. I, I'm more apt to think, you know, this goes a lot further than that, than my next-door neighbor or, you know, the person in the white van. Personally, I think that that is done more than one way. I think that you are correct, and I think that James is correct. I do believe that there are handheld devices. You can see right on YouTube where people even know how to make the handheld devices. So I do believe that, you know, neighbors and people around you have portable devices, but I also think that some of it is satellite-based. That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah there's, there's satellite-based, and they're also on the cell tower. The, the cell phone antennas look like, well, they all look like cell phone antennas, and some of them, are, a lot of them are uh, weapons on the cell phone towers all over the United States. They put these up, and they serve a dual purpose. They serve as cell phone antennas and also radar. You know, they can focus a beam radar out to get someone pinpoint where they are, you know, and it's a narrow beam and it won't even affect anybody else. And a lot of this stuff looks, well, to someone who doesn't know, it looks like a mystery. It looks like something that you can't understand and nobody could ever understand and it looks like magic, but it's really not. And, you know, for someone, for... Everybody needs to learn about how these things are done. I don't understand all of it. I definitely don't. But I'm trying to understand it, and it is, it is understandable. And if a, if a handler can understand it, you know, one of these morons, certainly everyone else can understand it. You know, this, this is not rocket science. Well, it, it, you know, you can say it's yeah, rocket science, but, but it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Everything has an explanation and everything is explained and, you know, like I said, these handlers understand it. So we can certainly understand it. We have to pay attention and, you know, I think we're doing really good. And and like I said, with all due respect to you and, and your insight on everything that you know, but, you know, I was listening to Renata and, you know, she's saying... Well, make sure, you know, you hold a job. Make sure, You know, my son is targeted, too. This kid has barely work, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can see exactly how they would project him, right? Oh, um, well, you know, he's got issues. He, he can't hold down a job, except for the fact that he was, you know, being attacked with directed energy weapons. Um, 
everywhere we went to him to get a job, um, you know, we were blacklisted. I mean, we even have, like, our license, his license being suspended, you know, in the system where it's like, but you're, you're to a point where you don't even have a penny to, to even be able to say, okay, let me hire someone to at least take a look and see where was where and when was his license suspended um, because we were never notified of it, you know? I mean, it, it's the craziest thing. And it's like, I think, you know, we as targeted people or, um, you know, I, I, hate, I hate that terminology. I really do. You know, we try to support each other in, in the best way possible. But, and I sometimes wonder, like, how, because I think Renata's also pointed out everybody's targeted at different levels. You know, you may hear someone say something and you're like, wow, I've never experienced that before. And then, you know, um, you, you either learn of it or you hear someone else repeat it and you, you're like, oh, my God, I guess this does happen to other people, this type of targeting. Tell, um, uh, tell me your name one more time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ma'am? Yeah, it's Anna. Oh, Anna. Yeah, sorry about that, Anna. Um, Let me apologize to everyone because I really don't want to sound insensitive and um, unsympathetic because I'm definitely not Mm -hmm. that type of person. So when I I was saying about um, holding jobs, I didn't only mean jobs. I don't think I only said jobs. What I was trying to convey is that um, it's important for us to try to be as productive as we can possibly be. No, I know, Renata. And, and, you know, I thank you for that because I think us as a community in general, if we don't have someone that says that and interjects that thought into someone, it's like you, like, if you're not aware of what's going on, you don't know. Like, I was just listening to um, a video and they were actually rambling off, you know, first of all, the patent number and, and, you know, who it belongs to, but actually the frequencies that are capable of making someone feel, you know, agitated, depressed, this, that, or the other. So it's like I, I wasn't knocking you. I mean, I, I think when I, – I, I think every time I've gotten on your call, I've always said, you know, hey, the girl is inspirational. You know, she brings it to a spiritual side which I, you know, appreciate. It's not so much that. I don't feel that, you know, you're criticizing or whatever because I think, I, you know, it's just that some some of us are work to such a difficult level, you know, such an extreme level that it's like, you know, I mean, my family's going to look at me like, and I've never been the type of person to be, like, making up excuses for why my son can't do this, but it's like this is the situation that I'm in now. I'm like, well, this is really crazy. Say, um, let me, I, I want to finish my thought on that because I, I really uh, want everyone to know that I was not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying after I read what I read in the book about how the psychiatric industry is involved, which we know that, but it just brought to my mind that, you know, yes, these people really will try to set us up in things, and so it's important for us to sound logical, to, as I said, take care of ourselves physically and do what we can do in our control. And and not only so that we don't get locked up and things like that, but it makes us feel better and it will get us back into our routine of trying to live our lives. But I do understand, 
please believe me. I understand how PIs before this happened were thriving, were living their lives, were living good lives, you know, had their homes, had their cars, had their families intact, had, every, you know, the things that they needed, their jobs and everything, and then it was all taken away. I understand that. And once it's taken away, whether they forced you out of the workplace or they said that they were having uh, layoffs or whatever they came up with to get rid of the target out of the workplace, it's very hard, if not impossible, for the target to find another job. And a lot of people are not even mentally able to hold jobs because they're being tortured all day and all night, you know, being harassed and followed. You know, it's hard. I understand. I really, truly do. I do. But I'm I mean, saying, I, these people have gone and – I'm sorry, go ahead. But I'm saying that as much as we can in our control, and even if, you, even if you're a person that cannot work because of uh, um, some sort of, you know, disability or whatever, um, just do something. That's all I'm saying. Try to do something. Get out. Take some walk. You know, do something to – to try to get your life back where you want it. I, I just don't want people to learn helplessness. You know, don't don't feel like nothing is in our control because it's hard, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible. And I'm a living witness. And I'm telling you, I've had some very difficult days with this stuff, extremely. But it, it, it shouldn't stop us from trying to be where we want to be in life. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And, I, and, right. I, and I, I understand with your son, I don't know exactly what your son is going through, but I, too, have a son that I'm trying to help him to uh, be a productive citizen and to uh, be on track. And, you know, and you know, most people already know the story, how they bullied my son into a mental institution. And, you know, so I, I'm speaking from experience. Most of this stuff I say, I'm speaking from experience. And I really worked with him a lot and still work with him a lot to try to keep him, you know, because I'm not going to be here. My husband and I, we're not going to be here every day for, for him or, you know, for for our other child. So we have to try to encourage them. And, and like you said, everywhere they apply for jobs, the door slams. You know, it, it is hard. I don't, I don't know the answer. You know, so for my own son, I've um, uh, encouraged him to go to school, you know, go to school, educate yourself, you know, and, you know, what else can we do? Right, and, and you know, that's very true because I've done the same thing, but being, um, I don't even like the word victim, I never did, you know, um, a survivor of, of these weapons, I know, I know, you know, the capabilities that they have with these weapons, first and foremost. I mean, you know, people talk about gassing, poisoning, this, that, the other. You know, even to the point where it's like I was, I was just thinking the other day, I mean, we supposedly have a judicial system, right? It's against the law to fabricate um, a piece of document that says, hey, you have a court hearing on such and such a date. And I'm thinking back, this is going back years, and I received this. I didn't receive it. Actually, it was taped to my door. And I, I remember looking at it and thinking, well, first of all, this is something you're supposed to serve me with. You know, and I just remember looking at it like, what is this notice to appear in court? I called my ex-husband. I'm like, because it said it was me against my ex-husband. 
And this is, you know, quite a few years ago. And I called my ex-husband and I said, you know, um, I have a court notice. I said, do you, did you get one? He said, no. So I, you know, talked with him. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I called the court. I'm like, well, this is even assigned, you know, a docket number. <laughs> no. no, the court's like, no, you're not supposed to be here. Well, guess what I have coming up in the same exact court, not even in my city, I have a date, a court date, where my ex-husband and I are going to court. You see, the extent of this technology is unbelievable. When I see it playing it out in, when I see it playing out in this area, um, it, it's it's hard to imagine that it's even gotten it's even got this far. But I'm thinking to myself. What is the extent of this? Like, and what is the purpose of it? I'm like, here I, you know, mind my own business, trying not to bother people. I'm very cordial with people, friendly, outgoing. I always have been. And I'm like, how do you even, how does a person even find themselves in this situation where people are like, really, you're forging, forging, you know, forging court documents, and somehow I'm like, wow, but that's exactly the courthouse I'm going to is that courthouse that they said <laughs> from years ago. So how far back does this go? How, ex- you know, how extreme is it? That's why I always tend to lean away from, oh, it's my neighbor, you know, it's, it's so-and-so, it's this one, it's that one, because I'm like, it can't be. It's too big for it to be, you know, and and somebody somebody if it was meant to be discovered by now I'm like somebody would have you know investigated it and something would have been brought out and yet nothing so it pretty much leaves you in the lurch of just constantly you know playing this this role you know that we we go around and I'm like I don't know how to stop this I'm like you know my family is now looking at me like I hope she's okay it's like yeah I hope I am too like you were saying these people that kidnap you, I'm like, I'm like, what is the extent that these people will go to? Because I would rather just walk away from this type of stuff and just, I'm like, just have it disappear, you know? I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to carry out, how many more years, how many more people are going to suffer through this. But I'm like, this is scary stuff. This is stuff that you only, if you try to explain it to people, they'll look at you like you have two heads. It's like, I know what I'm talking about comes right out of science fiction, and I know you have no idea, you know. Well, it's for life, and they're, they will go it to any extent. That these handlers, I call them, the ones with the weapons, are, I call them handlers because they have gone through some kind of extension training, and I think that they are, uh, they are veterans from the Iraq-Afghanistan war that um, use these weapons on... Um, they call them insurgents to keep to kill them, to find them and kill them. And they, these people have security clearances, and they're all trained, and they've been um, enlisted against the American people. And they will go to any extent necessary to give you your psychiatric diagnosis and make you appear unstable and uh, mentally ill so that you won't be listened to when they attack you. So uh, they will go to, they will use... Right, but uh, who's going to be brave enough? They'll use the, 
the mental health industry. They'll use anything they can use, you know, any psyop to make you doubt yourself and, um, you know, keep you subjugated and give you PTSD. And they know they know this, you know, and there yeah, are a lot who, of mental who, health people involved. But what rightful, lawful person that you just described, like you said, the security clearances, the satnia, is going to walk up to someone's door and have a, a forged, you know, document that's supposed to be legal, but it's not, that actually says, hey, you're appearing in court, you know, on such and such a day. I'm like, that's something, I'm like, that's a court document that no, you obviously no went through the trouble of pointing and, you know, forging. Who would... people in all walks of life. What, suppose they have, like, a, a person who works in the court who's involved. Well, they can make it seem like there's a, a document and it's just kind of like parallels what you're going to be doing. And, yeah, it's it's outrageous, but they do it. So, you know, it's it's just not, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. We have to start thinking in terms of, you know, widespread corruption. This is like, you know, we're talking about the Council on Foreign Relations, and it goes all the way to the top. The senators and congressmen are ignoring us even though they, they're the ones that voted this stuff in, the NDAA and the Patriot Act, they voted for it. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that it goes all the way down. If it's this high up, it's like the, the 47 senators who wrote a letter to Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel and um, said, well, don't listen. We're the ones that are in charge. Don't listen to the to the rest of them. We know what's going on. You know, they want to have a war with um, uh, Iran. So, yeah, this is, this is very widespread. This is, this is corruption at its finest. Well, and I appreciate everybody's insight. I do. Because, you know, obviously the more educated you are, um, the more you can try to, to, to help yourself. But like I said, we all know how the extent of it. I mean, I can get in my car tomorrow and my car doesn't run. I'm like, I find myself just in 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 awe because I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to get through my mind that this is allowed to play out. I'm like, if anything, yes, civil rights, you know, um, religious rights, all of this. I'm like, but if any, if nothing else. At least human rights. I'm like, how about human rights? I'm like, is there, you know, anyone that we can turn to, you know, besides um, like doing what what Brian, what he's been brought to do, you know, seeking asylum. When he was talking about that, you know, he, and I'm like, okay, we're already on a list that probably labels us God. God only knows. And here we are on conference calls yesterday, and Brian's like, you know. You want to you want to seek a country that's adversary to the United States? I'm like, oh God, I'm like, really? Should I be listening to this because we're already blackballed, blacklisted, everything else? You know, what do we? Is that the next step? You know, we're going to be labeled terrorists if if we're on the phone with FFCHS and you know he's talking against the United States. I mean, how? What is the extent? What is the point? I, I because I am still. 
like I said, I'm still... The point is to turn it into one uh, new world order, to get it all under one government. They're trying to undermine the United States and, you know, make it crash. How how can we make the United States crash? And, And that's what they're doing. And they have to keep the ones that are already under this, they have to keep them under control, otherwise they'll expose the whole thing. So they have to keep attacking all the time, attacking, attacking. And there's people in all all the, you know, the court or where you found or, you know, anywhere. They work, they're everywhere, and some of them don't even realize what they're doing. They're, you know, it's kind of like team, it's kind of like a team, and psychopaths and sociopaths, they're not all psychopaths, a lot of them are just sociopaths, and they will um, go along with it like it's their team, you know, and they'll keep them subjugated that way. You have to... And the extent, and the extent that you're talking about, okay, I think um, I think it's um, designed, they design it so it fits... Um, it fits whatever individual target, you know, you know, that they're dealing with, that they focus on. Um, you know, um, you know, like certain certain activities that they do is designed for an individual target. That's why they will do research and all that, okay, on an individual, okay, um, before they actually put put the thing in the full swing, okay, just to know what button to push on that individual target. I mean, so, so certain things, I mean, um, doesn't have to um, be done to certain other people because you know, I mean, they they they'll they they'll break easily or something like that. So it doesn't take as much as other people and all that. I and that's the way they reserve they will you know reserve their resources and power and um and whatever. So you're saying basically like some people's will some people is more strong willed than others, so it doesn't take as much. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's you true. know, and, and uh, it's you know, and it's, it's designed. Their activities are designed for you know, whatever target individual target they're dealing with. Right. They have to spend more time and more resources on the ones that are resistant, and the ones that are weaker need to listen to the ones that are stronger, and help, and they can accept help from the ones that are that are stronger. And uh, they will try to break anyone down, and they'll use anything at their resources. And it's just, um, it, it's it's unreal, but it's real. It seems unreal, but it is real. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, mean, I agree with that. Because I mean, you know? like, um, I mean, like, um, other people. Okay, they they experience more of the. Uh, the electronic harassment and stuff like that, okay? Other people like myself, okay, the the gang stalking is more focused on. Yep, I get that. And I get the electronic harassment. I get, um, good Lord, ask me about artificial intelligence. 
I'm telling you, um, I don't have a degree, but I've learned a lot, and I can tell you quite a bit. The virtual reality, all this stuff played out unbelievable. Um, my text buddy, the person that texted me, said it's called extensive profiling. Which you it's called what? What Charles was describing, extensive profiling. You know, these psychopaths and sociopaths will, um, they, they have negative preservation mutations. And for some reason they, well, I know the reason, but they think that they will be given special treatment after this, uh, you know, after they accomplish their goals. And they, you know, they couldn't be further from the truth. It's like when Hitler was rising to power, uh, you know, all these people helped Hitler rise to power by, you know, the brown shirts would beat up Jews and other people for, you know, to keep them subjugated. They were the ones that were subjugated at that time. And when he was getting to power just before he did, he killed all of them. So, you know, thinking that they're going to get some kind of special treatment and be like the, you know, the enforcers, they're the thug class. They, you know, this is recognized. They're the thug and... um you know, brute class, and they they are um, thinking that after the, whatever happens is supposed to happen, that they will give, be given some kind of special treatment. You know, they don't need any kind of, like, um, insider brutes. They've got enough brutes, and they're going to do away with them or just, you know, whatever they do, they, want, they aren't going to be given special treatment. I agree. I hope they know that. Well, they don't. They're kind of stupid. Actually, they're very stupid. Very, very much morons. It's like the Three Stooges. Like, you know, who would think that they could um, take a job torturing someone in the United States or anywhere, actually, and um, and that this would be a an okay job to have, torturing people in their homes, really? You know, it's crazy, but they think that. They really think that, and it's to sign up just as much on them to do this to people as it is to do it to us. Mm-hmm. If I was actually talking to someone the other day. Actually, they're more uh, mind-controlled than we'll ever be because they have to yeah, do all kinds of tactics. Them. They have to do all kinds of tactics to mind-control the T.I., but for them, they just give them commands and they do it. Right, exactly. Follow orders. They're the follow orders people. And, you know, if you look up the Stanley Milgram experiment where they, they had the um, the, the uh, Stanford prison experiment and uh, um, where they had a um, – it was a uh, – they were judging how, how people would just take orders – and keep raising the voltage up. You remember the shock box on yeah. somebody that was like in the back room and they couldn't see. And that's another key thing is someone that's, that they can't see. Like they can see us with um, a, a thermal image, but they can't actually see us. If, if they could see us, they might not do it. So they have it. Well, like, they see us. They see us with the stalking, you know, when they're doing the stalking. Yeah, but they don't. You see, to them, you're like a. Um, 
an object or you, they don't see you very much. And the ones, the handlers that see you all the time, they only see an image. They don't, you know, it's not human to them. Not everybody is full psychopath. A lot of them are just psycho, sociopathic and they'll do this. And But they're going to get traumatized too. They're going to get PTSD from hurting someone all the time like this. And um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I'm just trying to figure it out. Well, like, you know what? I look at it like, well, before I say this, um, Memoir, if you're still there, please call back in. I, I wasn't able to get into um, the chat room, and I'm still not, but I'm, I'm, I think I can get on it through my cell phone. So I wasn't intentionally trying to keep anybody on mute. So, Memoir, if you want to call back in, please do so. But do it quickly before I lose this connection again. So if you are unmuted, because I cannot get connected or stay connected. Um, you know, uh, sometimes we have to, in order to deal with this, we have to um, adjust the way we look at certain parts, aspects of our targeting. And uh, one of the things I try to do is uh, is tell myself that, you know, this is a job for these people. It's not a job that I would choose. It's not a job that you would choose. But it's just like um, when you're at work and your boss gives you a project to work on, you know, we're a project to them. You know what I mean? And we, we're just another project that they're doing for their job. And until it's complete, you know, and they move on to the next project, that's that's what it is. That's how they get their money. It's not right. It doesn't justify it, but it's their job. So if you wonder why they keep doing what they do, it's because you are they are assigned to you. That's, that's a choice. I can't be that sympathetic. No, I have no sympathy. No, 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 don't don't get it wrong. <laughs> I have no sympathy. I'm just saying it is reality. Most of them are being paid to target the person who they are assigned to. It really is a job for them. It is. Right, they're being paid very well, too. Yes, well, and I'm, I'm definitely not justifying it. And like I said, it's not a job I would do. It's not a job you would do. But it is their job. They have an actual building over here in San Francisco where they can go and apply for this type of work. And I'm telling you, this this is a job. It's not a justification. This is what they chose. It's not what I chose. But I just tell myself that, that this is their job, and they're going to do their job. Yeah, I, I just want to tell you also that how could they keep it a secret if – all these morons are going to apply for jobs killing people or torturing people or whatever the hell they call it, you know. How could they possibly keep it that a secret? So you have to think that the senators and the congressmen and the president, everybody knows about it because it's it's really not a secret. I, I don't think jobs are that important. I'd rather starve than do this to somebody else. This this yeah, is not I think that. This being doing horrible things to other human beings. That's not a job. That's not a job. That's, I, I agree with you, James. They're psychopaths. These people they are either, psychopaths, Lonnie, but they yeah. think that they're doing this in the name of national security or whatever. And you have to remember, too, that we've been lied on. There's been a smear campaign. 
some of these people honestly in their hearts believe that they are doing something patriotic for their country. We know that it's not, but I'm telling you, these people, this is all based on lies. Everything about this is based on lies. So they yeah, really believe that you are a person who did whatever crime they accused you of doing. That's why we have no firm, no firm foundation as to what morality is anymore. You know, you said it. I graduated the year they stopped having prayer in school, 1963. There hasn't been a prayer legally uttered in school since then. There's a guy in Texas doing it now. He's seen he's in trouble. But that's what we need a firm foundation. Otherwise, everybody makes up their own foundation. Okay, it's my job. I get paid for it. That's what I do. You know, you can't go home and look in the mirror and understand the truth as to what one does when that's their quote-unquote job. That's, that's absurd for people to uh, make that kind of excuse and lie to themselves. They're not just lying to everybody. They're lying to themselves. This is, uh, we need a firm foundation again. We gotta I agree. Get <laughs> we gotta get when you look at it, I mean, when you look at it, well, you're right. There is no morality anymore. Um, and when you look at it, it's easy money for them. It's easy money. I mean, I look at I look at some of them around here in my neighborhood. They are so um, mind controlled. It's it's incredible, you know. Mm-hmm. And they just hang out all day stalking people, you know, while they're doing whatever they're doing, you know. And it, it's easy. <laughs> it, no, it's easy. Wow. that's amazing. That is amazing. They don't. I mean, they don't get up and do a nine to five. They don't do. You know, it's, it's easy. And then, mm-hmm. like Jane said, they can pay very well. Yep. You know, but it's not an honorable job. You know, who 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 should be torturing people? You know, it's, it's not cool. But they do it. And I'm definitely not justifying it, but they do it. They do it. I can't help what these people do. They, they do it. And so that's what I tell myself. I said they're doing their job, so whatever. That's the job they chose. But I know that in the end, God is going to hold them accountable for that decision that they made. Yeah. I knew sure. that. Because even if they don't know the whole story, you can pretty much, you know, especially if it's involved with the neighborhood stuff, they can see that you're a decent person, that this can't be true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody yeah. is investigating. Nobody's asking questions. Most of these people are people that knew you before all of this. So why wouldn't they ask you? You know, is any of this true? I heard this rumor. You know, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's been my question, too. The last few days, I keep thinking, why don't they just come to me and ask me my point of view instead of going with whatever some lie, you know, slander or whatever it is going on that influences them in the other way. That Now, that kind of nitwit um, reaction to slander against another person is something that I wouldn't do either. See, it's hard for me to understand. I wouldn't do that. I want to know truth. Truth is really important to me. Capital T, I think it's one of the most important things we can we can look for in this life. And when when people just go along lackadaisically and think bad things about somebody because somebody says so, that's it, lazy. It's lazy stupidity. The truth is so distorted now. It's so distorted. It is. In the Bible, deception. Deception is the number one a characteristic of the last days, real deception. It's in there. We must be in the last days, man. 
Well, you have to understand, though, you're dealing with masters of manipulation in psychology, anthropology, sociology, marketing. So the people who are designing the protocols through the profiles of each target, ultimately, they're experts at how to manipulate people. Yeah, with no morality. Right, they have no conscience. They don't care because they have an agenda. If this corporation needs this or that or this government wants to take it out on that, if that organization, as long as you have the money to pay, it's like everything is up for auction of assassins, right? Assassin character, credibility, morality. You can assassinate values. That's what they're doing. They're getting people to compromise their own morals and values to go along with what they consider something is a greater good. Personal good. But there's a guy, there was a uh, a Russian in the 80s, a Russian uh, defector who was an expert at propaganda, and he calls these people that go along with it the useful idiots. The experts know how to utilize these type of people to help usher in whatever the next phase is, whether you call it the New World Order or, you know what I'm saying, the, this, um, the monetary fund people or the, the uh, Bilderberg groups. What it is is that they know how, they're masters of manipulation, and ultimately their job is to use people to usher something in. He calls them the useful idiots, and when they're done with them, once they get what they want or, you know, the surveillance, the spying, the laws changed or whatever, then they take those that have a lot of knowledge out, and then they ultimately assassinate them as well. Yeah. Um, so right. they use look, people. Look up it's all about using line. people. If you want to find out about what happened to the ones in that ushered in Hitler. It's Night of the Long Knives. And they killed them all in one night. Yeah. Okay, excuse me. Uh, what did you say? What was the name of it, Gary? Night of the Long Knives. That's what Hitler uh, called it. It was a code name to get rid of all of the um, useful idiots that were just mentioned, all the morons, with Night of the Long Knives in Hitler. K-N-I-V-E-S, like knives. He hired, he got assassins to go out I'm sorry, kill them because they, they wanted jobs in the new regime, and he didn't want to give them any jobs. He, mm-hmm. he didn't have jobs for them. He, he just wanted to take over and, you know, do right. what he it, did. He, and he didn't want to so Keep in mind how our civilians are expendable. Keep that in everybody. mind. Everybody. This is everybody is. In terms of these people, yeah, they everybody they and anybody. The people at the top, they're just bosses. They don't value life. They don't value. They see people, or or they see you as a as a tool. They see anybody as a tool that they can be used and disposed of. They don't care about people. Well, keep this in mind too. Keep in mind, like uh, for what news stories you might believe about people like a Navy yard shooter going off and killing civilians. And I guarantee a lot of the shootings in public, like people going postal have been people that just, I hate saying it, went over the edge or lost it because they were perp for so long, so brutally, and they just went off and they killed their civilian perps. And maybe some cases it happens to law enforcement, I don't know, but the point of this is, I guarantee it happens. And, of course, government would deny anything. Let's pretend like, uh, let's pretend somebody just lost it, a uh, targeted individual lost, and they went out and they just killed a few of their perps. And let's say, like, a family member, say a, a husband or wife of a perp that got killed, one of the complaints of the government, obviously they would shut them up or they'd buy them out. I'm speculating here, but, I mean, the point is, another thing I want to mention, one, obviously the civilians are expendable, like whether it's, uh, like, a perp losing it now and then or whatever. 
Another thing is, keep in mind, not only are they using directed energy weapons against us, but when they do use that, and just in general, they're being exposed to, like, all kinds of high frequencies, which is causing cancer and other stuff. So just like it's no different from cell Okay, so what is the point, though? I mean, so what you're saying is that everybody's being used, well, period. You know, that's that's a great assumption. All I didn't think of that. But I'm just saying, like, the, the fact that they're being exposed to all these things, all these like I'm seeing, they're using D weapons on us, and they're right in proximity to us. And uh, well, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Everyone is being used, and like the higher up you go, the more benefits people have. But it's like I look at it like this another way: that uh, our civilian and law enforcement perps are under the illusion they have privacy. I'm not saying that to rationalize or reassure us each other or anything make myself feel better. My point is, obviously, they're, like, watching them to evaluate how well they, quote, purpose <laughs> get us to react. Guarantee the uh, watching does not end there. Oh, somebody's coughing. How original. Um, I guarantee our civilian perps and law enforcement perps are being watched in the privacy of their homes, that their web searches, whatever, like, peripheral sites they go to are being, like, watched and recorded. Everything's being watched and recorded. Everything. I've just recently come to terms, um, I don't mean to get off topic, but like on a subject of uh, being uh, targeted, uh, after enough like reading up on stuff and realizing all these, now that I know about gang stalking more than ever, I mean, at this point I'm saying what I've learned, I realized I really have been seriously mind controlled and it didn't like scare the hell out of me, it kind of ticked me off and it's a little unsettling, i got to be honest. But I just well, it's, behavior modification, it's behavioral modification through the use of trauma-based control mechanisms. So everybody is, I mean, you know, the fear of bankruptcy, the fear of, of people losing their jobs so that that's why they'll perp you, or the fear of, you know, being exposed because they have something to hide. You understand? So everybody is running around in this high-level fear, you know, and then what it is is that they just amp it up more for, say, targets. But targets have been become aware that it's a ta- psychological tactical operation. I, I, the that's what we're fighting I again. Believe, I agree with you a million percent, of course, all the – it's also this, um, I'm talking about like the remote neural monitoring. Like in other words, when like I'm gonna do something, say I go to some place and a perp is exactly where like a park for example, like uh thirty feet away and like you know, they're there ahead of time and I didn't see anything out loud or write it on my computer because sometimes I'll make a list out. I mean there's just it's way, way, way beyond coincidences. Yes, they've done the conditioning of me and all this other stuff and I know I've been brainwashed to some degree. The, the uh well, see, you're admitting it, though. See, that's the difference between the perpetrator, uh, the the target community, and the perpetrator community. The vast majority of true targets will admit that they have there have there have been behavioral modifications that are utilized, whether they're triggers or whatever. Your perpetrator community does not believe for one second that they have been manipulated, that they can be controlled, and yet the very nature of them being a part of a group think that targets. Uh, unarmed, defenseless, law-abiding individuals shows that they are highly controlled. No, well, you know and, what? They are They are um, trained to think that they're superior to us. <laughs> so they don't realize the same thing. I'm telling you, right. I see them. I see them watch each other around here. I see them watch each other and follow each other. They don't see that, though. They think that they but, are superior right, to us. Right, it, but it's oh. the admission, though. Do you understand, though? There's an admission. So you're in denial. It's pure denial. But, no, they, they're, all, they're in denial that, like, uh, they're, they're, they couldn't possibly begin to believe that they're mind-controlled because, one, they're denial, like, how miserable they are. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this to us, I mean, and, uh, among other stuff. And all the bad crap they do to us, 
it's just some of the bad stuff they do. And I'm not just talking about the police and involved. Talk about like our neighbors, whoever. If like I could tell, like for example, some of these people are like absolute professionals that have been doing this for a while. And that's not a compliment. That's just an observation. I'm talking usually like people that are in their twenties and thirties and have been doing this a long time. And like um, they're just like old, nasty looking, and just worn out. Just, that's another thing too. Like um, it becomes out to the point where yeah, we got this last week. The noise. Um, yeah. Just another coward. Wait, wait, hold, hold on one second, um, Charles. Are you there? Because I was trying to mute him. I can't tell who's there. Charles. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay, I'm back on. Okay, good. Okay, go ahead and make your comment. I, I apologize, but my computer, you know, I always has oh, no problem. So. I was just going to say, like, uh, like, uh, you know, I just, like, try to use enough empathy to imagine what it would be like to be on call, like, to get a text message, however they communicate, text messages, helpful call, that would, like, uh, you know, say, like, uh, drive over here, drive over there, you know, stare at this person, do this and that. You know what? At first, it might be fun and exciting, but after a while, it must be insane. I mean, it must be like going to a job that you hate, in other words, something just, you just don't want to do, even if you're getting, like, really good money and you have your neighbor friends and the corrupt local police and maybe some FBI scum or acting like you're good friends, you know, first-name basis. You know what? After a while, it must bug the hell out of them. And I've noticed they, like, uh, they rotate my perps in the neighborhood. They do. It's like musical perps. Like, one house, like, lay off a while, then, like, some others, like, like new ones are introduced to this one slob across the street. Um, now... I mean, no, slobs are right, the other slob. Right, but, and, uh, but well, getting back like, to the topic portion of it, it has to do with it, it's a professional tactical operation of psychological manipulation. And the bottom line is at least targets are willing to admit that through the, the trauma, they, they there is some alterations to behaviors or, you know, um, et cetera. Your, your perpetrator community is in denial to, because they believe that they're so strong or they're so superior, like Renata said, that they cannot be manipulated. But see, the real argument is the very nature of you being in a group think that would sit there and believe that you could you could – you know, basically inflict forms of trauma and physical and other forms of terror and harm on an unarmed defenseless human being shows that you are already manipulated into a group think. And they're called like okay, you're talking me, about. Um, let me, okay, hang on one second. Let me give um, Charles the opportunity to speak because he was waiting patiently, but I couldn't get him unmuted. Did you want to say anything, Charles? Yeah, yeah, it was back at the time when you um, when the subject was brought up about um, the smear campaign. Okay, I wanted uh-huh. to speak. I, I wanted to speak on that. Is that um, smear campaign? I mean, people should understand. Okay, that uh, the smear campaign is used as an incentive. Okay, like okay, I, I, I basically okay. The people that uh, participate in the uh, you know being a perp and all that. Okay, uh-huh. deep down inside, okay, they know what they're doing is wrong. I mean, they they know they got a sense of right. I mean. No, Charles, not 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 in the twenty first century. I like to finish my point. I like to finish my point. Okay, is that okay? They know right and wrong. Okay, okay. It's just that okay. It's just that a certain atmosphere is given where they can pretend to go along with something. Okay, and that's where the smear campaign goes goes in. Because like um uh one of the ladies was talking about um why they why. Why don't they come back and ask me what's wrong? Because they ain't gonna do it. Because they wanna go. They wanna go along with the game, okay? So they can pretend like, oh, I didn't know this is what I was told. 
you know, and all that. I mean, they they want an excuse to lean on. Well, and don't forget that money is the motivator, too, in many cases. Yes. Maybe not yeah. all, but in many cases, you know, it, it is the motivator. So, like I said, going back to what I said, it's a job for them. It, 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 and I know that don't sit well with people, but for them, it's a, it's a paycheck. No, I agree. They, you know what? Yeah, but, they, but, but they know what they, they they know. Deep down inside, they know right and wrong. They and, and a lot of them, they know what they're doing is wrong. Oh, Charles, I couldn't agree more. They know it. I've seen that ass eating grin on so many faces. I just want to punch mm-hmm. it off. You have no idea. I'm, yeah, you do know. But the thing is, it's a job. It's they love doing it. They know what they're doing. I see the sadistic look on their face. It's unmistakable. But it, it you know what? I mean. The reason I'm, I shouldn't try to guess why we're not saying it. I'm saying the reason I say it's a job, and I agree, it's a job that these sick animals get into. But it is a job. Technically, technically they're getting a lot of them. Most of them are getting paid to do this. They're getting like uh, gift cards, money, uh, a, a lighter like traffic tickets thrown out. I don't know what. I mean that too. But but I'm talking about the lies against the lies against. Oh, the smear campaign. Uh, that's that's yeah. Wow. I mean that's used. That's used. I mean. As something okay, so in other words, it's, it's a, a motivating of, factor. Right, it helps right. to it helps to recruit when when you have a good side. It helps. It helps. Can do. It helps. To, right. It helps to ease their conscience. Oh, right. okay. That you know what? That was perfectly put. Thanks, Charles. That was great. Because I got to tell you, like I'm thinking of like my ugly deformed next door neighbors, uh, Mr. Fetus. Like, never mind all the name calling, but he just misshapen, deformed, and his ugly wife. The point is, they've said, oh, he's crazy real loud to some of their friends and some other things I won't repeat about me. And I, I, I bet my life, literally, they're also, they've been getting paid, and I figured it out. They've been doing this a good eight, ten years now that I'm aware that I'm a TI. But the point is, they get into it, they're getting paid, and they're spreading the hateful stuff, even though, and I bet my life on this too, um, they know I'm a decent guy and all other stuff. And they're, they're just, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, I was going to say real quick, is when this first started, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, when I first started becoming aware that I was a TI, even before that, when I was like being screwed with, like by I'll call them professional perps, I could not even imagine that they were doing this as a job per se. Oh, just say when I was a TI, because I was so traumatized at the time, and I'll be honest, terrified. I kicked ten of these people's asses. Now I'm not talking tough. I'd love to. I'll never do that. But the point is. At the time, I could not imagine it being a job, and yes, I took it super personally. Now, more than ever, I could see that it is a job for these people. Yeah, they're supposed to get at me using all kinds of psychological games based on my personal profile. We're all profiled, everything about us, but the thing is, it's a job. I mean, now, and it does make it a little easier to like understand and deal with the stuff mentally, I'm saying, than knowing that it's a job. Are these scummy, detestable people? Are they pieces of crap? Are what they're doing is 100% illegal and immoral? Should they be in prison? Absolutely. Should some of them be sued? God, well, of course. But, I mean, accepting that it's a job takes away a little bit of the sting, so to speak. I'm not trying to, like, rationalize again. I'm yeah, not... but but not everybody is paid, though. That's a, That would be a small percentage of the ones that, that are paid. That's a lot. A lot of this is, is through coercion or, or through um, ideology. So you can take an ideological principle of someone who says, uh, you know, says target is X, and the principle of that organization or group is highly opposed to it. So you know how easy it would be for those people to target because, say, you were someone who uh, believed in a woman's right to choose. So then what they do is they sell 
that information to, say, a group who doesn't believe in it and says, oh, this person, this female had X, Y number of abortions or whatever. So then it makes it easier for that person to target, say, that female, even though she never, it never happened, but they utilize that type of, of lie or snare. You know, against I, that person. Yeah. Okay, I see your point with that. It's that's just a motivational factor. So you don't have to pay those people. right. You don't have to pay those people because there there is an ideological principle or fundamentalism within the organization that they already belong to, and all you do is you prey upon those, their intolerances, and that target becomes that. So Charles is correct about the smearing because that way it eases the conscience of those people saying, "Oh well, this person is X, so therefore it's okay." You understand? Yeah, I, I actually do, and like you know, and that's not about money. Really, right? That's right. I, I think the the most dangerous ones is not the ones you pay, are the ones that work on ideological or fundamentalism principles. Right, right. They're far more dangerous because you don't mm-hmm. pay them. They just have a hardcore belief. Well, and then and then a lot of these people are already at work. <laughs> you know, because the people, a lot of the people who target me, they're they're already at work at the grocery store. They're the employees of the grocery. Right, they and, might, and they might get uh, an added bonus for targeting you. They might, they might, mm-hmm. or in or in the workplace. You know, these people are already being paid by the company, and then they're doubling up as whatever else they have them doing all this covert stuff. You or know. they don't want to lose their job. I, I just wanted to to mention something. I'm going to jump in here. That lady that was um talking earlier. I don't know her name. She's new. Her name was Anna. I think you're talking about Anna. Anna. Well, she she had mentioned how someone halfway around the world had had was was uh, mentioning words to her that that uh they couldn't possibly know what she was going to say. And what? you know who used to do this a lot to me was Alda in California, and I'm in Massachusetts, and I figured it out. Here's how they were doing it to us. They would they would trigger the conversation, and in within the conversation were certain words that I was triggered. And then what they'd do is use their cell phone, just like I'm talking to you in California, right? And they'd call her uh, perp in California and say at such and such a time or conversation she's going to say this word so trigger Alda to say it for me. So while I'm talking to Alda I'm going through this conversation and all of a sudden a trigger word would come at me. And I and it's a simple it, it, it as simple as that. If you just just think of the cell phone as as a anytime anywhere communication device. Yeah, which it that's is. true. I mean, they can they can make you feel like you're surrounded 360 degrees when you're not. It just by the use of a cell phone, like like I was telling someone else, when I leave the house, a, a telephone call has gone out that I'm walking up to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get up to the bus stop and perps drive by and zap me. And then when I get on the bus, okay, she's on the bus, and go to the mall, and then they call up security at the mall. 
wherever I go into in the store, the store was called, and they know I'm in there. And then when I leave the same way, it's all done with cell phones. I remember, I have a question for you. Um, sure. Months and months ago on the call, on this call, you once said, like, uh, you were talking to a neighbor, and, like, uh, the neighbor said to another neighbor, look, I told you she was going to say that. Do you remember right. that? Yes. C- could you kind of give, like, the frame of reference for that situation again? I'm okay, coming home from the this woman talking from Massachusetts? I was coming home from the bus stop, and this man lives on the corner of my street, and he was standing about 20 feet in on his property. Now, I've never walked on this man's property ever. You know, I just wouldn't do it. So anyway, he's standing there by his back door with another man with this little girl. She's about, oh, six or seven maybe. And she had white, white, blonde, blonde hair. Very unusual, you know, be that white. So as I walked by, I took a immediate right-hand turn onto his property, walked up to them and and said, you know, some I can't remember the exact words, but it was in reference to her hair being so pretty and so blonde. And then the other guy that I didn't know not my neighbor, turned to the neighbor and said, see, I told you she was going to say that. And I just stood there and, and was listening, and then I abruptly turned around, walked off the property and went home, shaking my head all the way, saying, what the hell was that all about? And it took me quite a while to figure it out that they had triggered me to do that. And they to go there to say that and he had set it up and just was telling my neighbor about it and I found this several times with handlers Um, one time I was uh, on the road and I got hit so that I had to go to the bathroom really really bad really really quick and as I walked by the perp at the talking to the clerk he said see I told you she had to go so I'm sorry, you are from Massachusetts? Uh, <coughs> they can make you go to the bathroom. They can aim a weapon at your bladder and, and make your muscle weak so that you have to go right away. I had that happen all the time, all the time. They can hit you with a frequency that will make you void immediately. Well, it's not, they, they make you pee. They aim a weapon at your bladder, the sphincter muscle, and and it gets weak. Like it just it wears out really quick, and then it recovers. But before that happens, you're going to pee, or you have to pee. You can fool them. Go go to the toilet and just um, stand there and don't, you know, or. or I'm sorry. I I go into my kitchen all the time, and they hit me um, with a frequency comes in through my kitchen window and hits me. And I immediately have to go to the bathroom. Kate, is this Kate from Massachusetts? No, I'm not Kate. I'm Memoir. Oh, oh, you're in Massachusetts too? Correct. I'm north of Boston. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm in Massachusetts as well. Where are you located? I'm south of Boston. I don't like to say on the air because I'm like... I'm like, good Lord, I don't want to embarrass my family with all this 
crap. We well, need to. Well, uh, if you're in Boston, look up. You look up. Um, you, want, you know. Uh, look up. Right. Look up. MIT just published a paper for uh, injecting uh, nanoparticle electromagnetics so that they can stimulate wirelessly from outside the brain specific targeted regions. Now they're only talking about injecting these nano uh, mag- magnetism. It's called electromagnetism into the mice's brain to control the that portion of the brain. But we all know that mice is just equal to humans. Yeah, um I'm I I mean the area uh, like I said I'm I'm south of Boston. Uh, it is it's very tech savvy around this area. It's yeah. what? Tech savvy. Yeah, right. I mean Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's amazing what they can do. Like I've had them, they wanted me to write a letter, okay? So they had me sit at my computer, and I don't know if it was like 20 feet out from my apartment window was, I lived in a cul-de-sac, so they could come right up next to my front door almost, about 20 feet away and park. And they used to do that all the time. I'd look out the window, they'd be there, they'd talk to me, blah, blah, blah. We'd carry in a conversation via B2K, whatever. So they'd come up here one time and they wanted me to write a letter, but they wanted to make sure I wrote it correctly. And they took a beam and they hit my optic nerve and they could see what I was typing through this beam as I typed. And it felt like my... One of my eyeballs was like um, a binocular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other they... one, the other one was normal. I I think that the reason it was kept normal is for my own safety, my own depth perception. But the other one, they latched onto, and they could see exactly what I was writing, and and made comments to me as I typed. I mean. You know, it was. It's just a crazy, crazy world. The wep- This is why I'm saying, you got to understand, these weapons that they have are a totalitarian state. We are beyond that. And Christopher Hitchens, I was listening to one of his videos the other day, and he said that the, the benchmark of a totalitarian state is thought crime, is pre-crime. And we are already there. Yeah, actually, um, the FFCHS letter, newsletter that was sent out has a really good link for um, a documentary on the History Channel on mind control. And I, and I thought it was really interesting because it's a lot of what um, I hear some of us going through the techno- technology part of it. But... Um, it did. It, it summed it up really well. It really did. I was like, if only... Is that the one where they talked about PRISM? No. It was just in, in the one Derek sent out um, yesterday. If you look at the link and I you will. watch it, it's all about... They They even go into how a person can, you know, communicate um, thoughts and everything and have it come through on the computer. I mean, they, they demonstrate it perfectly. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, the only thing is that, like, I know too well exactly what it is. And if I turn to a, another person who doesn't 
have who hasn't experienced it, they they'd be like, "What are you nuts? That stuff doesn't exist." <laughs> but I'm like, I mean, brain machine, it. brain machine interfacing only yeah. as yeah. much as targets. You're doing it to a wider segment of the population. Yeah, yeah, and, it's not and just, I think targets. You may be a target, but I think you may be used, or we may be. They're probably at this point using us as conduits to bring groups together so that they can see if they can influence entire groups of people against And they are. I mean. And they are. Because they can do entire neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that too at this point. I've seen it. I- I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it, and I'm like, you can't. But, see, you can't. I, but I still believe, though, that we are conduits. Does that make sense? So if you're a GPS and you walk into Target or you walk into, I don't know, the Macy's or something, they can fire up the whole field around you as the target and then influence the people all around you. Mm-hmm. Not well, just you, but the people around you. But you become the conduit so that they can field test locations to see if they could actually influence as you're in a particular location. Yeah. I think that they have advanced to that point because I've yeah. seen it yeah. literally Definitely. where people that, have become confused. And you, see, you can see the I difference. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I was saying that you can see the difference between people who you know do it on purpose and people who actually get confused in that moment because they don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And do, you think, kind of, do you think this is scalar technology that's being used? No. No, I just think it's standard radio frequencies through electromagnetic energy in the air. And right. that they're designing I, the particles, if you the nanoparticles, that or the injecting. So like what, what MIT is doing is they're utilizing electromagnetic forms of nano-semiconductors that they can inject into the human, say, brain, okay? But that only runs off of, say, the standard radio frequencies that cell phones run off of. That way it's much yeah. easier to control. I think yeah, if, you, if you watch that link that Derek sent in the newsletter, it depicts it so vividly. I'm like, this is... <clears throat> Uh, I mean, I cried because I'm like, this is what I'm being used for. Yeah, well, I, think, I think electromagnetic plays an enormous part in this. I think radar does too. Um, yes, it does. I'm not it does. too convinced radar waveform. about scalar. I don't even know if it exists. Look for antennas that are on roofs that stand straight up. And, and you know what? I'm surrounded so by they them. Can, um, they can force multiply, and they're these these. They look like little sticks, metal sticks that stand straight up. They don't like standard antennas where you have to kind of point them. These are they stand straight up, and then they can um, uh, force multiply off of each other and triangulate. Yeah. And I am so I'm surrounded by them. I'm, I'm like everywhere you look. <laughs> it's like oh, there's there's another one. I mean, it's so it's I think that's all yeah, right. So look at yourself, not that you want to, as a walking antenna. And so where you go, then they might fire up the field around you to see if they can influence the people around you. And they do. I mean, the frequencies they shoot into this house in itself between me and my son, I'm like, nobody in my family would believe me. I'm like, this is straight out of Star Wars. But this is what's happening to us. This is what's happening. And we're being, you know, my family. Don't try to convince them. Yeah. No, no, don't, I mean, don't I've even, tried don't to... Even, listen, don't even go there, because I tried convincing my family, and I finally got to the point where I just shut up. Okay, fine, you know better, you know what's going on, I'll shut up, I'm crazy, that's fine, I shut up. They started getting hit, 
they started getting hit. My neighbors started getting hit. The ones who got hit flipped. Yeah, see, and that's what I'm afraid of. Like, I just sent out Johnny's link to, like, a large portion of my family. And I'm like, Lord forbid, because what I know when I started Googling and looking up this stuff, I didn't know that much about it. I'm like, Lord forbid, I just, you know, reeled them into this. Like, everyone was just talking about, you know, perps and this and that. And I'm thinking, okay, is that what I just did? Because that would be a horrible role to play, <laughs> you know, do you, un, un, do unwillingly. You, do you have Wi-Fi? What? Do you have Wi-Fi? Uh, no, uh, I, I do on my phone, yeah, I do. Get rid of it. Do your, do your neighbors have Wi-Fi? Oh, well, I don't have it in my house because they made sure, like, I mean, they know okay. every, any, it, every, you, you can, have no idea. You can go on, you can go on your connection and see who in your neighborhood has Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi overlaps, and, it, and, what, and it'll go on for miles. And what somebody does houses away will affect can affect you through the Wi-Fi. Right. I mean, I don't have it personally. I'll be honest. I don't have electronics in this house because of the simple fact that I'm like, you know, well, I just can't afford it. I can't afford to, you know, go get cable, this, that, or the other. But whether it is, you know, we're online, as Magnus Olsen calls it, where, you know, um, you're already hooked up to a computer wirelessly. Uh, I'm telling you, if I testify to you guys or, you know, to anyone who's familiar with this, um, people would not believe the things that would come out of my mouth. You, no one would. I, I and sometimes it's both. scary because they threaten that I'm the next Myr- Myron May. And I'm like, how scary is that? I'm like, uh, here I am. Ignore it. Ignore it. Just, Ignore huh? most of it. because if And, and I, I try to because I'm like, look, you, I don't have a gun. I don't believe in going out and, you, you know, doing harm to, to people. Listen, if you pay attention to them, they'll drive you to drink. They'll drive you underground. They'll drive you into the hospital. Ignore 99% of it. No, and, and, and I do, I mean, I do, but like today, I, you know, I was like, oh, I just needed to go, go for a walk. I mean, I've always worked out, I've always been very active, you know, and it's like, just to be able to go out and go for a walk, but then I was like, well, let me go to church, you know, so I went to church, but I see the technology playing out on people, and I mean, it's like, I want to tell them, <laughs> And then I want to cry. I want to. I want to cry because of the simple fact that I'm like, you know, humans are not computers. Human beings are human beings. And, and no, I, humans are computers. They run on the same process. You're you you're what you are is a battery. You're a bag of water with a few minerals in it. And right, but I mean, on electrical energy. That's it. Sorry. Right, but but the reality is, we are also flesh and blood and, you know, we have emotions and, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. that's, it doesn't that's matter. the difference, I, you know. It doesn't matter. You're expendable. Everybody's expendable. 
That's how right. they look at the country. They look at us like we are cattle. And who cares if you use a cattle prod on a cow? Nobody. We no, are all we are all considered expendable. You're just a one in a long line of people that came before you and will come after you. And that's how they look at it. It's like a river flowing and you're just like one of the fish in the sea. Sorry, that's how I see it. And I'm sorry if I offended anybody and they think they're holy and all this stuff. I'm sorry. That's how I see it. That's how I was told by the pe- my friends in D.C. You're all expendable. All right, that's how they look at us, but how we look at it or how we look at ourselves. Well, that's fine. You can look at yourself any way you want. I can look at myself as different. I don't feel that I'm expendable, but that's right. how they look at us. That This is how my friends in D.C. told me that they look at the common man. How? Well, I understand that. I understand that, but I think the most important thing is how we view ourselves. Okay? I think I'm the most wonderful, smartest person in the world. That's right. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. It does matter to me. But it, it does, does matter. It doesn't it does matter. matter. It does it matter. Well, oh, memoir, memoir. What? You know that that um, outlook on life. That's not good. If there were not a million people who thought the way you think, we really would be in trouble. Some of us have hope. So don't try I'm to just, that from us. I'm just accepting of what I see as reality. That's all. It's to me, I'm it's bread and poison. That's like spread huh? poison. It's, to me, I see, I see much of what you say as spreading poison. Not everything, because you say some good things. But then you have this side of you. Why is it poison? Because it's like, why spread a message of hopelessness and helplessness and, Isn't it you know. It's, it, it, to me, listen, I'm not going to go out and jump off a bridge. I'm not hopeless. I believe Jacob Applebaum because he said the only way that we can fight technology is with technology. And I believe that. And we have to accept that reality. I disagree with that. He he says it's going to be a hundred-year war, and I believe that, too. There are some things in our control, and those things that are in our control, we should control them. But the way you speak, the way I, uh, some of our actions that we take in our lives, some of the things that we do, they're they're in our control. I, I don't think. I don't think that if you were 100% controlled by these people the way I believe you think, you wouldn't even be on this call because they wouldn't want you to be. Right. No, they want me on this call. They want us to be on this call. No. Yeah. I don't think so. I know if they did not. But they don't want us to have support from one another. No, 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 no. If they did not want us on this call, we would not be on this call. You said it yourself. I agree. They, no, that's not they, true. they want us on this call. I don't know why, but they want us on this call. 
Well, I, I'm glad that you have all this faith and admiration for these people or whatever, but they don't impress me. And, and I don't not, have admiration for them. I'm trying to understand them. They do not see, control see. my 100% actions. Yes, they do their behavior modification, and some things about me have changed. So right. I agree. I agree. But Renata, I know in order that to the God conquer, that I serve is more powerful than anything that they have. Period. And I in do order, not believe that in the end they're going to win. Okay. In order to conquer your enemy, you have to understand them, and by understand, and you have to understand them by figuring out and listening to them. Unfortunately, and how they think how they look at us, how they look at the population of the United States. Where are they going with this? What are they doing with this? I think think that a lot of the reasons that they do what they do is to figure out our personality traits, our personality parameters, what is acceptable, what is not. Memoir, can I say something? I agree with the fact that they look at us as sheeple or less than or whatever. Right. We're on the blacklist and domestic terrorists and all of that. I understand that. So when you say you have to understand, I think all of us understand. We understand what their goal is. We understand all of that. We understand that so we are sure. blacklisted. But, but wait a minute. We do. We understand. I, don't, I can't say that any of us understand 100%, but we're seeking understanding. For the most part, we do understand, okay, the basics. But there's a difference between understanding it and buying into it. And I don't buy into it. I don't there's buy There's a difference it. between what? That's it. Understanding what their goal is for humanity and buying into it into their ideology, whatever, whatever, however you say it, until their way of thinking. I don't buy into that. Right. Or you don't, you don't, you're you're not allowing yourself to be manipulated into silent compliance with the agenda that they have. You're fighting against the agenda because you know what they have the capacity to do. I'm going to fight it as much as I can. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to just lay down and take it just because right. that's what they believe. I don't Renata, want their belief system. Wait, is, that what, is that what you hear? System. Is that what you hear from me? I, I, I hear that you, uh, honestly, if I can just be candid and honest, I, I feel that you discourage a lot of people. Uh, that's how I feel. From what? That you that I think that you do have a really good understanding of the technology and and different things, like you said, how they look at us and things like that. But then you throw in these jabs against Christians a lot, number one. But then because you just made a comment about, you know, for those of you who believe your God, whatever you said, I can't remember exactly. But then you say, you know, you send this message like, you know, it's already going to kill us all. You don't say that, but you send that message. That's what I get. Okay. I was telling you about a totalitarian state and what Christopher Hitchens said about it. He said that thought crime and free crime is a benchmark for a totalitarian state. I see that. I agree with him. We see it, Ben Mar, but we don't, we don't, we don't, you, don't accept, you don't accept reality. 
No, it is accepting reality. No, that's not true. That's not not a fair point. Because in every totalitarian, every empire, wait, no, no, you wait a minute. Every totalitarian, every empire, and every other type of, of, every other type of uh, form of communism or whatever is always overturned by the people who had hope that did not believe in that type of, in that type of environment. And yet, pre-crime, because not because Stasi East Germany were experts at gathering information on people to create profiles, and maybe they didn't have the technological means by which to do it, but it has always existed. It has always existed in totalitarian regimes, but we have to remember as people that every one of these regimes were overturned by the people eventually. Every empire falls. What do you think NSA is doing? So you with, cannot, you cannot, you cannot say, you cannot say profiling. that there is no hope or that it's just the way it is I am not because saying that, that is Renata not the truth. Is saying that. She's saying I'm saying it. No, I'm because I, I'm no, I, I've actually picked up on that myself that people should just give up. But I'm telling you right now that every regime that has ever attempted to utilize this type of uh, uh, information and oppression of people has always been overturned. And just because they have a technological means to I mean, do it does not that mean that we cannot overturn it. Now, wait a minute. People, people, we be supposed to be so concerned about how they look at us and how they feel about us. Okay? And the most important thing is how you feel about yourself. That's right. No. That's right. I think the most important thing is to understand how they think. Well, I know what I am. I know. But we do understand, Memoir. You're acting No, you don't. Understand. We no, don't. Understand. We don't. We understand. We do. We, Renata, we haven't even figured this out. It. Renata, we haven't even come close to figuring this out. We're, we're not trying. Close. Right. We're trying. We right. are trying. Nobody's talking to us. We do know that they look at us as less than. We do know that. We do know that they look at us as sheep, but we know that they care nothing about us. We know that they their plan is to depopulate the planet, and we're included in that depopulation program. We understand some of this. We're not I'm, not, I'm not even sure it is a depopulation program. I'm not even sure about that. I'm not even okay. sure about scalar waves. I think it's bullshit, or lily waves, or Q waves, or a lot of this bullshit is bullshit. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. We don't know a lot of what's going on. I'm trying to tell you that this is what I see as reality, that this is a totalitarian state. They do profiling, they do pre-crime, and they do thought crime. This is fair. Right. So this, so this does East Germany. So that you know, so do all these regimes that have access to information. So does China right now. The Golden they Shield. Didn't have, they didn't have digital. It, it, it's a form. And, it was a form. Didn't have China computers. doesn't have. China has more technology than we do, and they set up the beta states and the field testing states for the United States so that it could be exported out to the West. They use China to set up the cities of surveillance. Go look at the Rolling Stone. Yeah, go look at go look at Naomi Klein because you know who she is. She was in China and she wrote an article for the Rolling Stone and it's called China's All-Seeing Eye. Read the article from 2008. They, they were China testing up the, the United States. I don't think so. No, they used the the American corporations were out there to give security for the Olympics 
they went they went in there and they used China to start building the technologies so that they could be exported out to the United States or to the West for surveillance purposes because they can get cheap labor and they can help them develop everything. Oh, they even I, sent over yeah, proprietary yeah. software, proprietary software, so that they could build on the proprietary software to build these algorithm systems for surveillance. Look up Shenzhen, China. Okay, that was a beta city for the all-seeing eye. You know, people talk now about uh, cameras in light posts and everything. All of that stuff was written about in the article, about how China was developing it for a lot of these American companies like GE and L3. Okay, and then they would turn around and ultimately export it back out uh, to the United States or to Europe or to wherever. All right, but while they were there, they were developing it for China, right? No, they, they were technically developing it for the security of the Olympics because there is after after China, um, right? After right after Tiananmen Square, Congress passed a law saying that it was illegal for any United States manufacturer to send or provide surveillance or policing materials to China. So what they got around that through the Bush administration, was to say that they would give them the Olympics so that all these major corporations, United States corporations and West, you know, and all these other, you know, global corporations from the West could go over there and, and then start developing surveillance technologies. Hi, Alda. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, so you have to understand, I don't appreciate you coming on a call and utilizing my name in a negative light when you're talking about Boy, manipulation Alda. and keywords. I wasn't using your name in a negative way. Well, you were, you, you were referring to it, so it's like a, it's called the stop loss and the power of association. And, yes, what? we do use triggers and, and words are given, but sometimes they're just in the normal context of a conversation, and that's what the target has to become aware of so that they don't allow themselves to be triggered. When a we word had, is being we utilized, had talked, we had talked about this while this right, was going on. Right, but you're blaming a situation on sometimes people are hypersensitive to particular words or colors. Some people don't like red or black, and they say you call them your triggers. But in the normal sense of a conversation, I'm not trying to trigger you. It just happens to come up. Right. It's not that I'm being it's, triggered yeah. to do it, although sometimes I could be. But the point I, of the argument is, is that the target <laughs> must become aware of their own triggers. So that they See, don't affect I, them I when was, they come up in a conversation. I was convinced that you were triggered to trigger me. If that makes sense. Right, but you're and you're they, assuming you were assuming just, though that that I'm was always assuming. it happened time and time and time again. I wasn't assuming anything. I knew what they were doing. But you, you don't look at it in terms of someone just having a normal conversation. You you automatically assume that someone's doing it either on purpose or they're completely under control. And a lot of times, you know, 99% of the time, it's the target who has to figure out what those triggers are so that they don't react right. because it they will come up know. in, the normal, in let, the normal sense of a conversation. They, no, they let me know what the triggers were. That's okay, why let me, let, me, um, let me just stop you guys for a minute because some people... Anyway, it's nice. Wait, 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 it's, no, it's, it's, wait a minute. I just want to say no, goodbye to Alda. No, I just want no, to no, say no. thank it's you, too late. Alda. It's nice to talk to you and hear from you and hear you're okay. Okay. This is what That's I wanted all. to say. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was that people probably are not even sure what you guys are talking about. 
what 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 they're talking about is that a while ago, it's been over a year because I remember when it happened, maybe even two years ago. Um, all their memoir were on more than one call because they used to be on a lot of calls together. And um, memoir, would, they would just have normal conversations just like we're doing now on this call. And um, memoir would get triggered by some words that um, Alda would say, and she said that it would repeatedly happen. So she would think that Alda was intentionally trying no. to trigger her. Which no, 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 she wasn't intentionally. No, Ooh. I just said it was not intentional. No. I said, but Memoir figured out that that Alda was probably being prepared to say those things. So Memoir figured out that it was not intentional, is what I was trying to say. Is that accurate, you guys? No, no one really heard it because it was uh, completely um, disrupted when you were talking. Right. There's some type of yeah. background uh, interference. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're I, not. I, I just didn't want we're to not. Uh, now, please say hello to Alda. I've been asking and people have been asking about Alda. And I had no answers. It is Wait very good hold, to hold hear on. you, Alda. Okay, hang on one second, please. Hold on. Um, okay. Hold on one second. The only thing I was just trying to explain because you guys started in the middle of a conversation, and I always try to get people to start to give like a recap for people who listening who have no idea what you're talking about. And plus, what the conclusion that memoir came to with that whole situation may help someone else to realize that not everyone is trying to intentionally trigger. It. Right, and or that's the only thing. That's yeah, that's all. I just wanted to explain it to people that people are not trying to perp you all the time or or intentionally trigger you. And memoir figured that out. That's all. Took I a while. Okay. Yeah. No, no. She wasn't. She wasn't. Wait a minute. She wasn't yeah. trying to intentionally trigger me. She no. was triggered to trigger me. See, that's also that's untrue. A, I mean, you, you're you're true. under the assumption. No, it's not. That's that's your belief. It's true. Because I utilize. I I am a very vocal person, and I have a large vocabulary. I utilize words. So in the normal context of a conversation, I may have no. several people who are on the call right now thinking that I'm utilizing words like, like I said, the color red or, or utilizing some other um, series of words that may be a trigger. What I'm ultimately saying is that to a target, okay, you have to become aware of what the triggers are so right. that you, no I matter who says were. it, no matter who does it or whatever, you no, know what it is so that you can, you can rise above it. It was used specifically, and they did it on purpose just to screw with me. But here's the thing: I think I was trying to say it is uh, we we all get triggered, intentional or not intentional. We all get triggered right. in some type of way. That's that's these people's mo to get us to trigger. It is our responsibility to control our triggers. Right, right. And sometimes ultimately, yes, it is. How can you control a trigger if you don't know? If, if you don't, if you know you're going to be triggered with a particular word, but you don't know how it's going to be used. No, no, because once you, you, once you maybe, no, not that true, because once you, no, and wait a second, Renata, too. Right, and once I was told what, right, and and also once I was told what those particular words were, I started leaving them, I tried to attempt to leave them out of a, uh, a series, you know, a conversation that I was having so that it would not trigger somebody else. Do you understand? So right. if someone says, this we word triggers me, then you attempt to use it. You don't use it. 
in the conversation because you know it might trigger someone. But ultimately, and you remember, not as nobody correct. Really, nobody really knows what triggers the next person. You know what right. I'm saying? And I, yeah, so I mean, it is up to us to control. I, I'll rephrase that: our reactions to the triggers. We have to just control that, and and sometimes take a step back, like you did, Memoir, and analyze it. You know, sometimes you will I come did. to the conclusion that it wasn't intentional. I know. I, know I you didn't. Did. That's what I I'm didn't. That's a good I thing. never. I never said that it was intentional. I but know. You, I but know you're that. under the complete assumption that I was. I was being triggered in order to do it. But what I was right. saying is that. When I realized what the words were and I stopped using them, how could they trigger me then? Because I would have kept using them because they were triggering me to do it. So the basis of your argument, it it has holes in it because the very nature of becoming aware of that particular word could no longer, you're saying that it triggered me to cause it to do it. So, yeah, sometimes I can be triggered, but you were under the assumption that instead of it just being normal words that are using because they're common words that would happen to be a trigger, you were under the assumption that another person was being controlled to trigger you, which is absolutely untrue. Uh, Yes, they can do it at times, but it wasn't all the time because the very nature of you mentioning a particular word like red, okay, and I stopped using it, if they were actually triggering me and controlling me, then I'd have kept on using the word. And I didn't. Well, I'm not so sure about that. I, I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. I, you know, I could tell you. Okay, this is. The, I did tell you, as a matter of fact, what the words were that you were using that were triggering me, and you did stop. I remember that. Yeah, because because you. But see, if I was actually being controlled, I would have kept on using them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. But I know. No, because there's a lot of other targets who, who especially hosts, that they know that once it's brought up because it really bothers someone until they can get over it, you try, you attempt to not utilize those words. I don't know. Even though they're common words in your vocabulary. It wasn't common words. They were, they were not common. They were, never mind. I don't even want to go into it. I just know what happened and why. That's all. And it doesn't matter. It just that it can, I was trying to explain to that woman that that's how, she said the person halfway around the world was um, saying words that she herself was thinking. And I was just trying to give her an explanation of how it happened to me with you in California. That's all. Okay, well, the important thing to know. Yes, yes. The important thing to note is that things are not always the way they seem, you know, and if we take a step back, sometimes we, we, we will realize that, that not everybody is trying to trigger your attention. Okay, so Why I'm going to move on. Be- Don't do that. Okay, I'm going to move on because um, Elvira wanted to speak, and I want to make sure she speaks because the call is about to end. Um, Elvira, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, go ahead. I'm sorry you, you didn't get to speak. Go ahead. It was just so many people in the past couple of weeks and months that's been asking me about Alda, and I didn't have an answer for them. We've been all wondering where where is Alda, <laughs> and it's, if you if you're okay. Yes, uh, Elvira, tell everyone that you're in contact with that I'm doing fine. I've been busy with some family things, so at some point I will get back to my calls. But and I am posting. I I did another. I did a call recently. So you can go to my 99521, and every now and then when I have some time, I try to record some information I feel is relevant to the TI community. 
So this latest one is um, Going Clear, and it's a documentary that was... There's a call after... Yeah, 99521, and you can go and listen to my... I've done a couple recordings since I've, I've been off the air, so to speak. Um, but I'll be back, Alvaro, so tell everyone I'm fine. Thank you for checking in. Yes. Uh, Thank you, um, uh, Renata, 99521. Yeah, she's all just going well. She's just, like she said, she's dealing with family things, you know. We all know how that is. Yes, yeah, exactly. If you have a moment, Alda, can you, um, can you just give us a brief summary of what's going on with that, um, the child that was found? Did you and I had talked about? The child. Uh-huh, the oh, child in the car. yes. In Salt Lake City, Utah, there was a, a, um, um, a, a woman, a mother and a uh, and I think it was like a 12 or 18 month uh, old baby. They got into an auto accident, but no, the car was underneath the bridge. So people who would drive by didn't see it. Um, uh, apparently a guy was going fishing, all of a sudden decided to go to this particular area, saw the vehicle, telephone uh, emergency or the first responders, which is fire and police. When they got to the scene, they started hearing someone saying, help me, help me, help me. Each one of these, the three, three police and two firemen, all heard it on their own or individually. But the only problem was the mother of the vehicle had expired, probably upon impact of the accident. The baby was in, uh, semi upside down in the vehicle um, uh, um, near a rushing uh, ice water or something like that. And so there was no way that the woman, the voices that these guys were hearing, the three police and two firemen were actually from the mother because she had already died. But they had this feeling, and they kept hearing someone saying, help me. And I think a couple of them was even before they got to the scene, they were hearing a voice saying, help me, in their head. So all this thinking that the, that the voice that they all heard must have, been, must have been B2K. And the baby was in the car a really long time. 13 hours, uh, almost, uh, was in the car seat, up, uh, basically upside down, was hanging forward for 13 hours. Oh, my God. And so the three policemen and the two firemen that were on, the first responders that were on the scene, each one of these men heard this distinct voice, but they couldn't tell if it was a woman or a man. They just said it was a voice that kept saying, help me, in their heads. And then they started yeah, asking so- each other, are you hearing this voice saying, help me? But when they got to the vehicle and flipped it over, the mother was long since dead. So she must have died upon impact, like broken her neck or something. So they don't know where the voice came from. And I saw, I read that article, Alda, and I couldn't believe how many people, there was like a hundred somewhat comments, and people were like, oh, yeah, it's miraculous what God can do. And I'm like, um, no. I don't think it's God. Yeah, it was a piece of technology. Um, I I believe it too. I believe that this is my belief. I mean, some people will believe in the miracle portion, but this is my belief that they knew the vehicle had overturned when they realized that the baby was in distress, you know, because the baby can go, right, until they go into distress, which means that they're hypothermia or something. I believe that at that point, then they started putting the voices out there, like to the guy who was passing by in the car who just decided to go fishing in that particular spot. Okay, so that he would see the vehicle. I believe at that point they said, okay, the baby's in distress. Now let's move into action. And then they just started messing with them. Yeah, and, and what I read, accident, then? 
But they what were all, all five so of them interviewed. Technology? I have the. Sorry. What makes you so sure with technology? Why do I believe it's technology? Because because why would it be paranormal if you have all these uh, targets that talk about the V2K? I don't get the V2K like other people do, but if they can transmit, then they could, if they can transmit to these targets, and we know it's technologically done, what makes you think they wouldn't do it to the first responders and utilize it as an excuse? Well, the hey, people that doing the technology, okay, okay, let me ask this: Then why would they? I mean, be concerned about the baby? Because at that point, they probably go, okay, let's just see what we could do. So, would the, you know, I mean, some people do have a conscience. Not everyone's a sociopath or a psychopath. So maybe they said, okay, let's just see what we can do. Because they're never going to find the baby. I believe that, yeah, see, I believe I, that the baby believe, might have died I, listen, if they didn't get, if they didn't. And, and, and do you believe in benevolent and beings that could have telepathy sent the message? Oh, no. I and believe in miracles. Wait, hold on, Memoir. I believe in miracles, and I believe in divine intervention. So I believe that that could have been the Lord causing somebody to say something, or it could have been the mother before she took her last breath. But or she was long gone. That's why they said that it couldn't have possibly have been the mother. So the body was way dead, apparently, once they got to the scene the of the car over. The body was way dead. I mean, well, okay, you well, said for hours, yeah. The paranormal is possible. I'm not no. saying that it's either or. I'm just saying that uh, why would somebody come to the conclusion that it's just one thing? It's what? And just because she's well, dead, you know, the soul one. doesn't leave the body for 72 hours. Okay, well, so see, I don't get into all that stuff. I, I'm a real scientist. I go, I go for the technology because I've seen or heard what, the, what targets who get it constantly. I know that they can do bone conduction and transmission of sound through frequencies, and I believe that the child probably, they just decided in Utah, we're talking about Utah. Okay, we're talking about the largest NSA repository center in the, you know across the United States in Bluffdale, Utah. There's any number of technological things that they can do, and right. so maybe their surveillance saw the car, but they knew that nobody was going to see it. Okay, so I believe that the child was probably under distress, and they go, "Shit, let's just how go do start know? doing it." How do you know? Because they won't admit. They're never going to admit. Wait a minute. How do you know it wasn't a drone going by? Because it could have I been. Know, well, what I'm I saying know, is, now, wait a minute. I know one thing for sure that these can be used on more than one person at the same time. I know that for a fact. Well, no, well, but they're saying that it's a miracle. I'm saying it's technologically done. I'm saying right. that a drone could have found it or whoever, but someone right. knew that that child was in that vehicle that the mother had expired, and that they, the child's probably, it was time for them to get someone to help the child just to see if they could, yeah, you, know, you know, test what? out no, their they technology. No, because then they would have then they would have to admit that they were doing illegal surveillance on on us. You know, because Utah is really opposed. Some of the areas are opposed to the surveillance state. You know that, right? Um, Those gun carrying. They would have to admit that. Well, it sure doesn't show it in any of these states. So, but the point is, is that you guys can look at it from a miracle. I look at it from the technological point of right. view that they transmitted. And and what was interesting is that these three these three police and two Utah firemen they all said that they heard something. Now the the question becomes: Should we call and have them dragged off to a seventy two hour site fifty one fifty cycle? Because at this point, the three police officers and two firemen are exhibiting signs of paranoid schizophrenia because they're hearing voices. 
Good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It That's won't the game. happen. To them, You're right. That won't happen to them. Plus they wanna they wanna start making it to the people that oh, you know, something really Yeah, look at what good. No, no, no. Yeah, or they can even turn it around and go, look at what our technology can do. How would you like it if you as the first responders? Right, we can can see something and then we can get into, we can just transmit directly to you, but you don't tell them where you got the information from. And then you go and say, do that crime, you know, stop that crime or go to that accident or whatever, because they can see everything with their surveillance. But they're not going to admit that they're using the technology no. in order to get that type of outcome. Yeah, well, that's like you said, they could push a miracle, and then you get the religious zealots, you get the religious zealots who want to believe it's a miracle, mm-hmm. and then you can now manipulate those people into a false belief system. So if they right, tell that exactly. group, hey, target these people because they're bad, then they believe that, hey, this person showed us a miracle. Now we can go, now if they say to target that person, we'll go do it because we're indoctrinated into that false belief. The person who said, help me, help me, might have known that the baby was alive using this through-the-wall technology that right, they terrible. have in they the car. They known anything. It was just doing and, their technology and, on people. And, no, wait a minute. And, he, and they wanted the, the first responders to get going. And, uh, you know... What better way to do it than have them think that someone's alive in this car? Help me, help me. So Yeah, but they're trying to make this. So, hey, so you're telling me that it's totally impossible that something happened, uh, uh, that something like that can happen on, on based on paranormal? Exactly. Yeah, I think they're trying impossible. to make this a holographic world also. So if they're right, going to so... do the voice to skull technology, they're and they're doing this holographic thing where you're seeing things that isn't there, so you think you're seeing, you know, they want you to, they're trying stage for this false That I can understand, that I can understand, but here's the point, here's the point, everything, everything that happens isn't based on technology. No, but no. right That's now true. it is because we're dealing with psychopaths and sociopaths. Yeah, they don't control everything. Let's be clear about that. They don't control I understand everything. that. But if you can go back into your back younger years and know what is real and what that. isn't real, then you're all right. But there's a lot of people that don't understand what's real and isn't real, and this is how they're trying to scam and dupe the people right. with their technology. Right. The yeah, best way to right. look at it is Arthur C. Clarke's third law, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, or I told Renata, or your God, whoever yeah. that God may be, or the yeah. supernatural. Any sufficiently technolo- any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. It might be indistinguishable. Well, who deems it? Doesn't make it sub- there isn't Arthur any magic. Everything's run on science. Even the I know. universe. Number a lot of pe- you know that, and I know that, but a lot of people don't understand that. They right. think, oh, God, it's Renata. really magic or supernatural, no. and it is. Renata. Renata. But no, everything doesn't happen. Everything doesn't happen by technology, by Renata. man-made technology. But you have to have the, des- the discernment within you to understand, is this really technology happening or is this a real 
incident that I'm happening that's happening right. to me. And, okay, and hold see, on one second. Let me just say, I am. Okay, a, well, regardless, I put the links inside the chat. So if you want the okay, links to on, the please. interview with them. Memoir, I was trying to call my name. Yes, go ahead, Memoir. Uh, yes. Um, well, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. Okay. Look, I am a devout Christian, and so is my mother, and so is my family. Okay, I had, when this targeting was going on, what I thought was a, a near-death experience. And I actually went to my counselor, and I was like, yes, I saw this bright light, and, you know, I saw these people, and um, I, I died and went to heaven, but I was told it wasn't my turn, so they had to send me back. Right now, here I am thinking, wow, I went through this really unique experience, okay? Now, my mom went in for surgery last year, about a year ago. I walk into a room, and what is my mother saying? Oh, wow, I, you know, went, and I went to heaven, and then there was all these people, and Then I was told I had to come back because it wasn't my turn. Now, you know, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is not a unique experience because she's talked about it. Then I run into another person. They, too, have had it. I'm like, come on, this is technology, okay? As as much as a, a, a devout Christian I am and my mother, completely. But when you hear just a few people in New York, inner circle say that, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not that special. Nothing special happened to me. Technology was implanted in my head for me to, you know, to have this thought and this experience because my mother had it too, then this other person had it too. I'm like, that's supposed to be a rarity. That's not supposed to be, you know, something that's flying around, you know, as a free-for-all. I'm going to interrupt here. Renata, I remembered what I was going to say. So if you want to talk to me about it, okay. Go ahead. The, the call is going to end in a minute, you guys. Go ahead. Okay. I just read a report. I just read a report, and the program that we are on is called Risk Management. If you Google those words, I think that you'll get a lot of information and the paper that I read had us rate down, rate from A to Z. How did you and, get that report? It's all risk management. And this friend of mine is um, he 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 feels that he has a better handle on this than anybody, and I believe it. He buys these government reports. He says it's all out there in the government. But the problem is that the government won't send it to you free. You have to pay for it. So he goes around buying these reports. And he just bought one called Risk Management. And he said that he sent it to me, and he said, this report is what we're on. I read it. I saw targeted individuals, and I was like, holy shit, this is it. And I believe it is it. I believe this is the program that we are on. They consider us a risk management. We are profiled. There's something in our past that brought our name up and our number up, and this is where we were put. Well, I wasn't brought up from my past and stuff. So I don't buy that last part there, 
But the risk management that you talked about, that is a possibility. What do you mean? Anything's possible right now. Yeah. What do you you mean? But my name and number didn't come up from no past or anything, so. Well, I know your past can be be last week. It can be last month. It can be last year. It doesn't have to be decades, you know? No, 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 no. In my situation, what I'm saying, I'm I'm not going against your situation. My situation is I know exactly who did this to me. And I know they had help. And I I know who helped them do it. Because they want me to believe in this supernatural garbage. Okay, excuse me, you guys. I want to um, um, just um, comment in from the chat room before the call ends. It's going to end in about seven minutes. Um, Lifestyle and says, and this is about, this is regarding the baby in the car. Um, Lifestyle and says, why would it take them 13 hours to help the baby? Why not sooner? Maybe they wanted the mother to die to punish her, so they waited to get the baby. Maybe they didn't discover it till later. Yeah, Maybe they the were out flying around in their drone and seen it. Yeah. You know, With their x-ray yeah. machine or something in their satellite. Mm-hmm. They wanted them to know somebody was alive in the car, you know. And Alda just put the uh, the link in the chat room about the baby in the car. Thank you, Alda. Yeah, I read that. I saw that. Okay. Anything it's else? Called, uh, it's called risk management. I think everybody should Google that and see what you come up with, and maybe next week we could talk about it. I'd be are you saying R-I-S-K? R-I-S-K. Uh, I think a lot of things are going to come up under that because most um, corporations have a risk management department. That's yeah, right. That's pretty broad. And a lot of our targeting for a lot of people are corporations. You can ask Aldo about that. No, 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 I, no, no doubt. I know that. But what I'm saying is, were you referring to a particular article or you're just saying risk management in general? I have the article, and I don't have permission to send it out yet. I have to get back to the person who sent it to me and make sure it's copacetic with him, and I will. And as soon as I get an okay, which I hope will be maybe today or tomorrow, I'll send you a copy. Okay, because if we just Google risk management, we're going to come up with all kinds of stuff. So that's why I was wondering if you had... Right, but if, if you think about security companies and corporations... And all this stuff, you, they all have risk management. They've all gone into risk management. This is a big part of their, um, what they do. You know, postal service, security, corporations, they're all into it. Yeah. No, I, I think We're not in. Yeah. Hang on, guys. Is that Gary or James? Sometimes yeah, it's, it's Gary. Um, I, I think one, I think one of the first websites that I found when I found the term gang stalking was uh, gang is either gangstalking.net or gangstalking.com, and that that was all risk management stuff on there. Sounded right. really sounded really plausible. Why don't uh, you send that to me? I'd like to read that. Uh, which website was that, Gary? I think it's gangstalking.net. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. If if it's not okay, that, try, so, try calm. 
Okay. Well, we got to be careful on those websites because a lot of these trolls are putting up web pages too, websites and that, or they mirror other websites too, and mess with the okay. website. Let me um and thank you for bringing that up, Memoir, because you are correct. It is really um a very uh, good website to go into that gives you very good technical reports is called gangstalkinghelp.com or gangstalkinghelp.org. I can't remember which. But his okay. is a very productive website. Uh, you'll find wonderful reports in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me quickly read. A, uh, okay. Excuse me. Let me quickly read a um, description of uh, risk uh, risk management. Okay. That I just found. I just googled it real quick. Okay. Risk risk management is a systematic process of identifying and assessing company risks and taking action to protect a company against them. Some risk managers define risk as the possibility that a future occurrence may cause harm or losses while noting that risk also may provide possible opportunities. By taking risk, companies sometimes can achieve considerable gains. However, companies need risk management to analyze possible risk in order to balance potential gains against potential losses and avoid expenses, uh, expensive mistakes. Risk management is best used as a preventative measure rather than as a reactive measure. Companies benefit most from considering their risk when they are performing well and when markets are growing in order to sustain. So I don't see anything about people, um, which yes. sometimes people, are referred to as people, people are included in that as a risk management, say, you postal, you know, going postal. They are profiles. They're, each person is also a risk management. They go right in and pers- profile you, all of them. Oh, I, 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 th- I, th- I think also if you make the mistake of uh, approaching human resources with any kind of concerns that you have, then you get may potentially um, sent over to this, this group, uh, and you don't realize that, Right. They start looking into you and stuff. Because mm-hmm. we know they approach, they can approach a corporation saying that they have specialized skills in order to, I don't know, eliminate people from the workplace or whatever. Yeah, so they, the they act as a security right. type of firm, right? Yeah. But when, you, you when haven't I... done anything because you can be set up by a rumor. I mean, there's a great article The Intercept just did, and it's a, it's about a young girl who was sent to prison for a murder she did not commit based upon a rumor. When mm-hmm. when I was in hospital, when I was in hospital in Boston, I was I was I talked to my doctor and I told him that I smoked pot. And after my um, meeting with him. I was sent downstairs to talk to these other women in this small, little, tiny office. And they didn't know that I know who they were. They were two cops. And they sent me down there to speak to them. They didn't identify themselves. They didn't tell me they were police, but I knew they were police, having been one. You just know. And I told them, Bluntly, I smoke pot. What are you going to do about it? I don't give a shit. Arrest me. They let me go. But 
they profile me <clears throat> as risk management. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they couldn't really bust you on the words that you said. Now, if you had some on you and you lit it up in front of them, well, that would give them just cause to go ahead and do something to you then, too. Well, you were anybody can say no, anything. No. That doesn't make it true. Right. But they Even though you don't know told. it's true what you said, but they don't know. Anybody can say anything. Well, they could, they could prove it. Just take my blood. Check out my blood. They had yeah, but you didn't blood. do anything to give them just cause to arrest you and then have you no, go through all that. See I what I'm saying? I told my doctor yeah. I smoked pot, and this is where I was sent. That's risk management. They were there profiling me. Well, and then, you know, you have the social workers at the hospital. They're risk management people, too. That's not their time. Right. But that's yeah, exactly they what are. they do. That's true. Everybody's well, that's risk exactly. management. Yeah. See, their time is running very short, and they're panicking because there's too many of us that know the scoop on them and right. what they're doing. On so that poses a risk, stuff. though. And you so understand, though, now, that poses a risk. because we're not really messing up and giving them any cause because, you know, to do away with us. And so now they're they're doing this stuff, like this risk management stuff. You see what I'm saying? They're looking for any little thing that they can try to go against us because we're separated as it is. You guys are well, in another state. I'm in another state. You know. From what I understand about this report, they started this risk management in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Now, Probably under Weed and Seed, Operation Weed and Seed. Go figure. Or, or the other one, Clinton. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably under okay, the Housing and Development and Operation Weed and Seed. All right. Mm-hmm. You read out the, the risk, and then you see the community, you, you give false mm-hmm. hope of in the community by getting rid of the risk, which was at that time Operation Weed and Seed was the 1990s, and that had to do with your neighborhood watch. That's where the, the genesis of neighborhood watch came in, and then that was the genesis right. of finding people who you felt were risks in your neighborhood, and then you got them out of the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're trying to bring them the community with money. You would give them incentive, right, to get rid of these people by giving them money or gentrifying the neighborhood and fixing it up by getting rid of the drug dealers and the gangs and all that. This That was the well, genesis of the neighborhood watch. And they're the ones yeah, bringing it in. Yeah. <laughs> whistleblowers, whistleblowers, activists, dissidents are considered mentally ill by those in D.C. They don't think that whistleblowers, activists, and dissidents are normal people. They think well, see, that's because they Ill. started with that whistleblowing, and they started, you know, targeting the whistleblowers. Remember when they were no, coming no, out? no. A whistleblower, a a if a, a an activist and a dissident. Would yeah, I know what a whistleblower a, well, is, a but they had well, to put usually, a stop to the whistleblowers. Is what I'm trying to explain, and that's why they put the targeting right away on the whistleblower to stop the whistleblowing. They'll to take stop the whistleblowers from paddling. An activist and a dissident will take out a petition. Petition is a profile for a whistleblower, activist, and a dissident. So yeah, if you take out exactly. a petition, they, they've got you already. They know who you are because of your actions. 
this is what started back in the 1990s. So I'm well, I don't you. know who I am, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah. They're still okay. trying to figure out who I am. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm not an activist, okay? I was a homemaker, a mommy. You know, so like I said, this neighbor over here, these psychopaths that I have here as a neighbors, and they all are. Go figure. Why did you You know, they had to stop the whistleblowers because people were coming in were coming out, and remember, and they were saying, you know, about their job and what was going on and all this stuff. People finally got tired of it, and they started to stand up to have their voice heard, and all of a sudden they were stamped. So that that's why they started that thing about whistleblowers. Who was that? Wasn't that Obama stopped the whistleblowing in that? Made it a crime if you were being honest and saying what was going on. So people are breaking okay. into our houses okay, and me. stealing our hey, stuff. Uh, hello, hello, excuse me. Okay, so I need to go, but I'm willing to leave the call open because I forgot. This is, um, Love, Faith, and Hope just reminded me in the uh, chat room. That since this is the second call, there's still time on this call before TalkShoe automatically shuts it out, I think it's at least another hour probably. But I personally need to go. So I can leave the call going if you guys want to just talk. I can leave the line open. It's up to you. But I won't be here to, to moderate. If you guys want to talk. Nada. Take okay. care. Talk to you later. Okay. So do you guys... Have a good evening, Renata. No, Thank I'm going to say good night. Running out okay, of so minutes. You, okay. So you guys are all going to go? Okay. All right. If anybody wants me to leave it open, just say so. Thank Renata. Okay. Yeah, if anybody okay. wants to stay on here and talk. Otherwise, yeah, I kind of got in here late. I was off doing things. Okay. Does anybody want to stay in and talk? Okay. It doesn't sound like you guys do. I think it doesn't. Okay. It don't matter to me. I just thought maybe somebody wanted to stay on and chat, but that's okay. Okay. So someone just called my name. Who was that? I was just I was just telling her saying I'm going over to the other call, Linda's call. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, I, said, I said take care, Renata. Yeah. All right, Charles. You take care. Oh, she Have a good night. All right, Everybody have a good evening. Thanks, Elvira. Talk to you soon. Yes, dear. Bye-bye. Okay, good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye, James. Bye, Renata? Charles. Yes, yes, James. Oh, I just wanted to uh, just chat a bit after call. Oh, okay. You want to call me? Want me to call you? I think we're on the, we're, we're called down. We're, we're on the line. Oh, that's right. Remember I called to get the, uh... Okay, you're right. Um, okay. Uh, let me figure out how to hang up talk to you. Well, let me just call you back. Okay. I, I don't, I'm going to make sure I hang it all the way up. Okay, everybody have a blessed week. I'll talk to you guys soon. This was a great call. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.